Hello, and this is Films for the Very First Time. Just wanting to intro the episode here as you're about to hear some very bad singing for about 15 to 20 seconds for our theme song, which is a parody of Feels Like the First Time by Foreigner. So uh, if you don't want to hear bad singing, just skip the 30 seconds button uh, and you'll be introduced to the episode proper. If you're open to hearing my terrible singing, uh, just keep listening. Films for the first time. Films for the very first time. Films for the first time. Films for the very first time. Hello and welcome to Films for the Very First Time. My name is Jordan and with me as always is Casey McGeorge. Oh, how's it going everybody? It's going well. I think this is our second episode of 2024. First one that we're recording in 2024. We're actually recording this on the day, the first day of the year. This is New Year's Day. Happy New Year's everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year's uh, if you're listening or watching along with us. Um, I'm also going to put this up on the Marvel podcast that uh, we do as well, which is To the Infinity Saga and Beyond. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll release that, if I'll release it in the same week or something, but I'll do that. So if you are listening to us on there, and this is your first time listening to this show, let me just explain. Uh, We usually explain it every week anyway. Um, But anyway, I pick a movie each week, or Casey picks a movie. We alternate that the other or one TV has shows. not seen. Yeah, or TV shows. We have done one TV show so far. Um, and what we do on there is uh, we pick one that we usually enjoy. I don't think we've picked anything that we actively distaste uh, to, to subject the other person to yet. But uh, we usually pick a film favorite or TV show favorite of ours. And then the other person watches it. And then we meet back up and we have a conversation that usually lasts longer than the movie at this rate, except for yeah, the Lord yeah. of the Rings ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when you're making four hour movies, you know, that kind of right. <laughs> and uh, if you, if, if it is your first time listening to us, either on the Marvel podcast or on our feed here, our backlog of movies, we have done quite a bit. I think this is probably like episode 15 or 16 at this point. So we're really trucking along here. Uh, but we've talked like cult classics. We've talked <laughs> comedies. Uh, Did a horror movie in there? Horror movies uh, for uh, Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving for Halloween. We did Christmas for Christmas, right? And then we've of course had some uh, just series. Series, yeah. Terminators, uh, Lord of the Rings. If you heard us mention those, so check that out. But uh, today we're dipping into a movie that is one of my favorites that Casey has yet to see. He does own it. And I do want to apologize to everybody that we're doing this movie because you can't stream it anywhere, amazingly. That makes um, no sense whatsoever. It is a Academy Award-winning film that you cannot stream anywhere right now. It is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I never thought I'd be able to do any of this stuff, but I can. Anyone can wear the mask. You could wear the mask. If you didn't know that before, I hope you do now.
I'm Spider-Man. I'm not the only one. Uh, which, of course, premiered in 2018 on December 14th. Directed by Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman, with a screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman, with story by Phil Lord. And it stars Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Luna Lauren Velez, John Mulaney, uh, Kamiko Glenn, Nicolas Cage, and Leave Schreiber. Quite a pretty stacked cast here. Uh, I don't have like a synopsis, but what I would say is like uh, New York City teenager Miles Morales uh, gets bit by a radioactive spider. And after Spider-Man, Peter Parker passes away, he has to fill the void and correct uh, the issues that Kingpin has caused with opening a wormhole into the Spider-Verse. I just did it off the top of my head. Hopefully that sounded great. Uh, so the way we usually also break this down is I will go ahead and say where I was when this released, what made me fall in love with this movie. And then Casey will share where he was and what maybe kept him away from it. And then, uh, we'll dive into plot. And then at the end we rate the movie, each of us will rate it. And then we also share what, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, all that stuff was for the film. Okay. And then Casey will reveal the next movie or TV show he is having us watch. So this movie came out December 14th of 2018. And uh, this was actually a pretty big year for Miles Morales, I would say, because the Spider-Man video game also released in 2018, which while he wasn't a playable he was a playable character, but not as a Spider-Man. Um, it was kind of like a, a big deal. We had usually the way that, Miles works when we talk about comics. So he's usually introduced after Peter Parker has passed away in the Ultimate Universe, is kind of how he was introduced. And uh, Spider-Man, the the video game, was really the first instance I can remember of Miles just existing in the universe with Peter and Peter being alive and actually still relatively young at the time and not dead. And uh, at that point, we're seeing a lot of Miles before he even gets his powers, which I thought was really cool in, in the video game. And then that came out in like September, October. Then, yeah, so like two months later, three months later, he's a star in a movie that wins the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. So kind of a really big year for, for Miles Morales in the cultural zeitgeist, I would say. And then, of course, 2020... Uh, his game comes out and stuff like that. So in 2018, of course, I was uh, I am a big Spider-Man fan, but I hadn't really dipped my toe too much into Miles or the Ultimate Universe at that time, amazingly. Uh, no pun intended there with amazing. But what we... Uh, so when I played the game, I was like... Like, I knew who Miles was. I knew who his dad was, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of knew where they were going with it, but I haven't really read much of it. But I really like his uh characterization in the game and then the movie comes out and i'm like well maybe i should go see that i'm a big spider-man fan but um i don't know 2018 didn't really have like a big release december was a big year for like star wars those first three years before that 2015 2016 2017 2018 didn't have one in december so really there was like no big animated i mean no big uh family film i was going to or anything 
that time of year and I was hearing all the praise and I said, I gotta go see this movie. So we go to the movie, me and my wife, we show up late. So we actually show up at the part where Jefferson is driving miles to school. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'd already missed, I don't know, five, six minutes of the, of the film. And, uh, so, so we watched the movie. I enjoyed it. Spoiler alert. And then we went back the next day to catch the, the beginning and then, you know, watched it all again. And then probably like a week or two later, my dad mentioned something about wanting to see it. And I was like, I'll go see it a third time. So I saw this movie three times. That's where I was during this time. It was a big year of Spider-Man for me. I was enjoying the game. I loved the film. So it was, uh, a good introduction to miles for most people in, in the theater as well. I think. Um, but yeah, so that's where I was. Casey, where were you in 2018 and what, uh, had this movie squeak past you? Cause I will say it did squeak past a lot of people beforehand. If you look at the box office from this one to the second one, huge increase. Uh, it got really popular on Netflix. And again, for some reason it is nowhere on stream. So 2018, uh, I just, that July, I just started working for the post office after I had left uh, working at Walmart. Wow, really? I felt like you were at Walmart so long when we were podcasting Superstore, and now I'm like, it was probably only a year. Maybe. I, I Yeah, it, it probably was maybe a year or two at the most. Um, but I, I had, uh, resigned at Walmart, started in July of 2018 at the post office. And 2018 was a rough year at the post office. One, because I'm brand new. I have no clue what in the blue hell I'm doing. Two, it was an election year. So true. Uh, with midterm elections and everything, the amount of election mail we had was ludicrous. And then three, at the time, everybody's used to it now. But at the time, Amazon was not delivering some of their own items to people. That's right. Um. Everything was still relied on either through the Postal Service, UPS, FedEx, you know, or one of these other like DHL or, you know, whatever, uh, on track or something like that. So we at the Postal Service carried a bulk of that. Um, so the way, it, uh, as a small side, usually when you're delivering uh, at the post office, from I'd say from Columbus Day on to the end of the year is a rough time, especially like 2024. This is going to be a horrible year because you have everything that leads up to your election. And it be, it's a presidential election, and especially now they're doing a lot of stuff where you can do ballots by mail, which I'm not against. I'm all for it. But it, it just it gives us a lot longer days. And then you get I'm sure everyone has gone out to their mailbox at some point. And gotten three, four, five, six uh, political ads about pass this proposition, uh, vote no on this proposition. You know, this person's vote going for city councilman. This person's going for alderman. This person's going for state senator. This person's going for state legislature. All this other stuff. We have to deal with all that. So, yes, you guys hate it when you get all that stuff in your mailbox. We hate it as well because usually... It, it's long days and the way it works is like Monday we'll get like a bunch of stuff that'll be like for this proposition and against this proposition and a bunch of other stuff. And then 
Tuesday, we get the exact opposite of what we just had on Monday. And then Wednesday, we get like a third batch of different votes. And then like Thursday or Friday, it kind of starts all over. And then especially now with mailing stuff, uh, with mailing your ballots in, uh, voting by mail, a lot of times people have already voted and sent their ballot in. So it's already gone. Poof. It's at the election commission so they can count it. And they're still getting stuff in the mailbox. And yes, we know you don't want it. We know you hate it, but we got to do it. Um, so anyway, from like Columbus Day up until Thanksgiving. And then once Thanksgiving hits, you know, once election day hits, there's maybe a week where stuff calms down. Thanksgiving hits, picks back up because that's when everybody starts ordering stuff for Christmas. Said all that to say. Uh, 2018 was a really rough year, especially when you're first starting. You don't even know what you're doing, never mind where you're going on your route and all this other stuff. So December of 2018, it was still like a, a couple weeks before Christmas. I had absolutely no time whatsoever to go see a movie. Like I was working just like I was this year. I was working like 12-hour days, six days a week, Um, you know, getting one day off a week and then... I'd start at like 6, 6.30 in the morning, deliver packages for a couple hours, come back, do a normal day, and then do whatever at the end. So I'd start at 6, 6.30 in the morning. There were days I didn't get home until 9, 10 o'clock at night. And it's just delivering that. Um, so I'm sure it was still in the theaters after, uh, you know, after everything calmed down in January. But, uh, it was animated. I thought it was more of a kid's movie. So, I've, any kid's movie that I want to go see, I've just learned to accept the fact that I'll either have to buy it on disc or wait for it to come out on streaming because I don't want to seem like a creepy dude sitting in the back of a theater in a kid's movie. I think we mentioned this before. Yeah. Offline sometime when we were talking about another movie like that. Yeah. It, it's just a personal thing, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. not, it, it's just, and I, I wouldn't blame any parent. If they're bringing their kids in there to see a movie and then they see some weird dude sitting by himself in the theater watching a movie in a kid's movie, it might make them uncomfortable. They probably call the cops and then Chris Hansen comes out around the corner <laughs> and tells you to take a seat, you know, and, you know, people got to be protective of the kids. I'm not against that. So I've just accepted the fact that if there is a, a animated movie or a kid's movie, like, OK, like if a Shrek came out, like Shrek 5 or something. That's a little different because that's both an adult-oriented type movie and for kids. So there's a couple that are a little different. But if it's a strictly kids movie that I, I might want to see just because it looks like a good story that I might be attached to the characters or something, yeah, I'm just going to wait for it to come out of this. Um, <laughs> I had no clue about Miles Morales, in all fairness, until I played the Spider-Man game. And even then, uh, when I played the game, it took me a while to get up to the point with Miles Morales. I might not have even made it up to the Miles Morales point until the PS5 version came out. Oh, okay, the remaster. Yeah, because I when I when I got my PS when I managed to get my PS5, I bought it through Sam's Club and I had to get a bundle, so it came with the PS5 and an extra controller, and it came with Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PS5. Okay, cool. But it came with the, the better version of that which came with a download code for the remastered version of the original Spider-Man for PS5. So 
Um, I think I've still only played like maybe the first hour of Miles Morales. And I think it wasn't until that um, that I even got to the Miles Morales point in the original Spider-Man games. Um, I had I'd never, I did not know the, what is he, Puerto Rican, I think? Yeah, yeah, he's a I, mix I, of uh, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican and African-American. Yeah. I had no, I had no clue there was a Puerto Rican and black Spider-Man out there. Like that, that, that kind of blew my mind. I knew it because I got, so it made news. It made the news when he was first developed in comics. Cause the way like some of those, I, I like, I don't, I don't know what to describe them. People that are uh, racist, I guess, but also like the reaction, they were phrasing it as if like on, these clickbait sites that this was replacing Peter Parker. Uh, and it's true. He replaced Peter Parker in the ultimate universe. He, you know, but er- they were trying to leave that part out of it when they're talking about the clickbait, they're making it sound like yeah. they're replacing our white Peter Parker, you know? And um, yeah. So I remember that making a lot of news uh, then, but um I just actually read Ultimate Spider-Man for the first time in 2020, and it is uh, it is up there. I've said it before on there. It's probably my favorite interpretation of the comics uh, of the character um, is Ultimate Universe. Uh, but I haven't still read a lot of the Miles stuff in that because uh, I had to read like 116, 120 some issues just to get to through all of Peter's stuff. And I have not um, had the time to really dive into to post that yet. Um, but yeah, so I, I remember that making like huge news. Now you did buy the movie. When did, do you know when you did and like what drew you to purchasing it? Uh, I might've, it might've been a sale, honestly. Um, so I, I, uh, the movie comes out, right? I see it's getting a lot of great reactions and people saying it's a great movie and the animation is fantastic and we'll get to it at some point. Everyone loves Spider-Ham, right? And I'm like, Okay, I, I haven't seen this movie. John Mulaney is fantastic as Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham. And I'm like, okay. I love John Mulaney. Like, don't get me wrong. He's right, fantastic right. as a comedian. Having not seen it or having no no knowledge of it, I'm like, okay. See, they're just trying to recreate Spider-Pig from the Simpsons movie. But it's like 10 years too oh. late. <laughs> so, so once again, like, I had no clue. I Like, I, I knew nothing of it, right? Yeah. And I'm just like... Okay, they're trying to recreate Spider Pig from The Simpsons, and I'm like, this, this, this really can't be that good. Uh, so maybe it was the Amazon Day sale or something. I don't know. It was a sale, and I, I, I got the 4K uh, Blu-ray. Oh, version. nice. So, um, I, I got it fairly inexpensive. So I was like, okay, like I've heard a lot of great things about it. I might as well get the movie. I'm sure at some point I'll watch it. And it's probably been like three or four years and I hadn't watched it until yesterday <laughs> when I went to put it in. I don't know why. Um, I'm just busy and I have no life and I just get, get into my little groove of things and I just never got around to it. Um, I do want to point out too, just for anybody that, that doesn't know, and I don't know if you know this, if you looked it up afterwards, but Spider-Ham is actually created in 1983. Um so I do think a lot of people thought the same thing you did with the spider pig Simpsons thing, but it actually uh, has precedent in the comics beforehand. Yeah. I, I, so I, I think I might've mentioned it to you before. Um, like you said, we might have some new listeners on here. Anybody who doesn't know is I'm watching these movies. So I pick a movie one week, you pick a movie. Um, 
I gotta get, I gotta gather notes and stuff when I'm picking my movie, right? When I'm watching my movie, I'm mm-hmm. copying and pasting notes and doing a bunch of stuff. I gotta do better on that, as you saw from my, my last couple episodes. <laughs> when you pick the movie, uh, I kind of just watch it. I'll, as I, I'll pause it at times and I'll go through and I'll look up random stuff, like who is this character, or who does the voices for this, or who mm-hmm. is this actor or actress, or you know, and I'll get on there and I'll look up trivia stuff just. And then once you once you start doing that and Google realizes you're on that role of like looking up stuff connected to this movie or this universe, like as soon as you start typing stuff in, it comes up pretty like it, it comes up pretty quick. Right? So yeah, I thought Spider Pig was was first, and then I saw no Spider Ham has been around since the early eighties, and I'm like, What in the blue hell? <laughs> like they, they made a, a a pig Spider-Man? Okay, sure, why not? Um <laughs> I uh, so yeah, and then I started looking at voices, and I was like, "Oh, Nick Cage does does, does a voice." Okay, I did not. I was like, "I, oh, I did yeah. not expect." Then I started reading about him doing the voice, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, then same thing with Spider Ham. Apparently, there's a bunch of stuff left on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. because John Mulaney. Uh, it's probably one of your notes. I might be getting into it, but when he did the voice, they just let him go wild. And he did a lot of stuff that had some profanity and things in there. And then afterwards, he asked them what the rating was. And they're like, it's a PG movie. <laughs> so I'm sure there's... I, I would love to see some of the cut stuff of Spider-Ham. Um, yeah, I don't doubt... This, I mean, Spider-Pig was a big deal, right? Right, um, right. When the Simpsons movie came out. People fell in love with Spider-Pig. Maybe it was just the song of Homer singing that song. But I love that part of the movie. Um. And he, he caused, you know, Spider Pig was the cause of Springfield to go get put in a bubble. True. <laughs> it was actually Homer, but yeah, Spider Pig. So, um, yeah, I just, I never got around to it. And, and I decided at some point I was like, I'll buy it. And I kind of wish I'd watched it uh, earlier. All right, so we'll dive in then. So, yeah, we have Miles Morales as we uh, open up. Actually, we open up with the... Uh... We open up with Peter Parker, right? Where, where they say, "Yeah, like let's you know do this me, one, I'm, yeah, one yeah, more let's time, do this man. one more time." <laughs> I'm, I'm Peter Parker for the last, and it, it I, so okay. I like they do this several times throughout the movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm Peter Parker. I was for the last however many years, yep, or weeks or days, yes, I think. Yeah, for, depending and, on and who and they it, are. It yeah. comes to days from miles. But or weeks, but you know, for the last so many years, uh, I've been Spider Man. I was bitten by a radioactive spider or a radioactive pig in Spider Ham's case. <laughs> yes, because right? Which... he is an actual spider in uh, the Peter Porker one uh, that gets bit by a radioactive ham instead. <laughs> yeah, he gets bit by a radioactive. And, and I love because, you know, when there's the three of them there telling that story, overlapping. It, yeah, it's, it's Noir Spider, Spider Noir. Spider Ham and Spider Gwen, is it? Uh, yeah, she goes. She says she's Spider Woman, but no, no, no. Uh, now it, people it, call her Spider Gwen. It's the oh, anime. Penny it's Parker. Anime. Penny yeah, it's Penny Parker. Parker. Yeah. It's Penny Parker. When all three of them are there and they're they're telling their story at the same time, and everything matches up except for Spider Ham saying <laughs> I was bit by a radioactive, and it's like you hear two versions of Spider and then you hear Pig. Yes. And it's like wait, what? Like I had to rewind that because I was like. But yeah, I, I, I like 
the different variations of that. Oh, you know me. I'm Spider-Man a bit. And, you know. And with the first one, I really like the fact that it played off of the Spider-Man movies that we already had and knew. Yes, like how it shows the car going into the cafe and he, like, saves uh, Mary Jane from it. That happens in uh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, it, it basically takes the first three, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man yeah. movies. And that's, okay, like, if you've seen those, then you realize, okay, this is the Spider-Man from the Sam Raimi movies. And yeah, it's or at least similar enough, right? Because... Uh, like they show the dance thing, right? That happens in the third. Yeah, one. they even made fun of that. <laughs> that was great. Where it's like, yeah, this even happened. We 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 don't talk about this. Yeah, and yeah, he's going down the street, you know, giving his finger guns. And... and I think that was smart of them to look. Uh, at that point, twenty eighteen, when they're making it, even I don't even think Homecoming was out. Like twenty seventeen is when Homecoming came out. So, by the how long animation takes. At that point, like the most famous Spider-Man movies were the Raimi ones because the and Garfield they, ones yeah. didn't do great. Like the first one did, the second one didn't. And they probably knew if people are here watching these movies, they would have seen those and kind of lean into that a bit. So I thought that was pretty smart of them. So I'll say I watched this. I put my disc in my, my Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. I watched this on this. Like you said, there's no, there's no uh, way to stream this. Which, between Sony and Marvel, come on, figure this out, guys. Right. There's no reason for that. Um, so I, I let it, I don't know if I could have fast-forwarded, but I let it play through the previews in the beginning. And one of them was for Far From Home. Yes, yeah. So uh, by the time that, so here's how Sony and Marvel is, has done this so fast, right? Like, Homecoming was 2017 released. Uh. This movie was 2018, and then Far From Home was 2019. So, like, summer of 2019. So at that point, they would have had a a commercial for it. But my point was just, like, animation usually takes a while to make. So if it released in 2018, you're thinking at least three to four years of making this. So you're looking at maybe they start... I can maybe actually see when they started producing this. Uh, I have Wikipedia right here. Maybe I should check that out. If I had to guess, if this came out in 2018, I'd say 2014 or 15. So 2015, they were talking about... uh, Yeah, making this movie in January of 2015 based off 2014 Spider-Verse comics. So uh, at that point, I'm not sure when they started actually... Oh, okay. April of 2015, it was it had a date of 2018 release date, and April of 2015, I think was just after they announced Todd, um, not Todd, Tom Holland was going to be Spider Man in Civil War. So at that point, when they started working on this thing, they really only had the Garfield and the and the Raimi. Yeah, the Amazing Spider Man and then the Raimi Spider Man movies to to base everything on. So uh, they, of course, made great references that, um, which, which killed in the theater every time I saw it. By the way, this dance move uh, absolutely yeah. slayed everybody in the theater. Which, <laughs> look, rightfully so. You can say that 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 third Raimi Spider-Man uh, 
movie had too many villains and things, and it got too goofy, and Peter, you know, Peter Parker's dancing and, and things, and, and it was was unnecessary. I unironically love Peter being like a dick in Spider-Man 3 and the dance. I actually really like it. I know a lot of people like it now because of a meme, but like I actually always liked that scene. I always thought it was funny. I mean, not only that, but you got to think. So he's supposed to be, what, like 21, 22 or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, Typically, comes up, yeah. He graduated high school. We saw he graduate high school. He's at whatever college. Or maybe he failed and flunked out of college and was working. He's working at for most. He's supposed to be under thirty, even though Toby was like thirty. I, I'd say he's probably twenty five at the at right, the latest. Right. right. Think about for anybody who's older. Think about yourself when you're between like eighteen and twenty five, and you might have went through a few different phases in your life, and you might have had a villain phase where for a couple months you might have, like you said, you might have been a dick or you might have just did some weird things, and people are like, dude, what are you doing? So I can't blame, I can't blame, especially, now, now imagine you're you, and you're you're actually Spider-Man, and you've got superpowers, because you got bit by a radioactive spider, and you can do these weird things. Yeah, And I you're under blame. influence of a symbiote from space. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things there. Yeah. But, but that, they, they, yeah, the, as they kept doing that for each different Spider-Person that you get, you interact with, or you see... I like the fact that they would kind of throw it and there would be some of the same things, but then there's subtle differences like, oh, uh, um, uh, instead of losing, like, uh, Spider-Gwen lost her best friend instead of... Um, An uncle, right. Yeah, so on and so forth. And in I think in this world, it, it was... So the billboards and stuff in Times Square were completely different because I think when you get the thicker Spider-Man, I don't know what to call him, right? That He's called with... Peter B. Parker. <laughs> yeah, when we get Peter B. Parker, right? I guess maybe instead of Peter A. Parker, I don't know. But Peter B. Parker, <laughs> that's where you get the, the Times Square with the Coca-Cola sign and the actual like legitimate businesses and stuff that we know. But in this world, it's actually an alternate universe from ours. That's where we're getting something that's similar to Coke, but it's not. And we're getting movie posters that are a little bit off from where what we have in businesses that are a little bit different. And as you're as you're watching this, some stuff might seem a little bit off. And especially if you're like me, where you're looking at stuff in the background mm-hmm. and you're pausing it or rewinding it, you're seeing stuff and it's making you giggle every night. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, they have movie posters like From Dusk Till Sean, which is a Shaun of the Dead from Dusk Till Dawn. And uh, apparently that was an idea they actually threw out for a movie, but it never never happened. Uh, no Snapchat, it's Pickaboo. <laughs> um, Planet... Oh, no, this says Planet Hollywood. Yeah, so they have a Planet Hollywood sign. So well, no, there something. there was one that I saw one that wasn't Planet Hollywood. It was something similar. Oh, maybe it's close, but it looks like Hollywood. But maybe I, it's just that it's too blurry on this screenshot. Um, and then they have what uh, Seth Rogen as some sort of horse jockey in one of these movies, um, which I think is uh, interesting. Maybe maybe they were taking that off of when uh, what's the name played. Uh, was in Sea Biscuit and hurt his back. Oh, maybe. 
We have baby showers instead of bridesmaids. Yeah. They're all wearing blue. Um, noise boys instead of, I don't know, I guess instead of Jersey boys. It looks like it's supposed to be like a um, like a play on the Jersey boy poster. Probably. Uh, then they do have Hi Hello with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney as that's a, that's characters of theirs from like, what SNL or some sketch thing that they've done before. Um, but yeah, so they have a bunch of. I just googled uh, Times Square Spider Verse and trying to pick out some of these because I I've you know I I've seen this movie so many times I kind of sit here sometimes and like oh what can I. What, let me pay attention to what's going on in this uh, Times Square. Because it is so prominently featured in, in this movie. Uh, oh, it's called Hold Your Horses, the Seth Rogen movie. Riding high in the... I can't read what that last part of the tagline is. Riding high in the saddle. Oh, that's what it says. But yeah, so I, I kind of liked seeing that because it really, I think, nails the point of different universes uh, and how some yeah. things are the same, some things are not. Like some of the music is stuff that we have in our in our universe, and then um, you know some of these posters and stuff are are totally not things. And that was another big thing that was a hit from this movie was the soundtrack because uh, like Sunflower by Post Malone and uh, whoever else sings that was a huge hit uh right after this movie came out and it made its premiere on the soundtrack uh, of this film so um even though it didn't make a lot box office wise which we'll talk about um it was a modest hit and it kind of got uh discovered later on streaming which again is why it's so bizarre that it is not anywhere especially with the sequel uh on streaming right now it's like wouldn't you want people to be able to watch both of them but I digress. Um, yeah, so this movie kind of kicks off with with Peter Parker doing the intro, which we're going to see multiple times. And then, uh, you know, at a certain point here, Miles is going to uh, he, he's going to Brooklyn Visions Academy, which is a school um, that he doesn't want to really be at. He wants to be more at like his public school where he is uh, has friends and he kind of you see him talking to them as he's walking to school some days as you know uh, he doesn't really feel like he fits in, I guess. And um, one thing I like too, is when he tries to purposely fail the true and false quiz, you know, and his teachers like the only way that you can have gotten these all wrong is if you had knew uh, every quiz. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you, you know, the, the, do you know the, the odds if you just randomly guessed what your score would be? Yeah. 50. I, I, I get a 50. Yeah, so the only way you can get a zero is if you actually knew all the answers. And, and I don't know if that's actually true. Like, uh, I, I do think Miles, of course, knew all these, but, like, I'm sure there are some people, like, statistically, yes, 50%. But there's got to be somebody that gets a zero and just has the baddest luck because each question is 50%. So there's a chance well, it, you get it's them either, wrong. It's, it's either, I don't know if it was true or false or like uh, multiple choice A through D. Uh, I think but even so, false, yeah. but even what I'm saying is even, yeah, like somebody could, somebody could out there get every single one wrong. But if you just randomly 
right. you know, took a hundred question test and did something like that. I think statistically, yeah, most people would get more than a zero. Um, yes, yeah. And I just like how she turns the zero into a hundred out of zero on his test, and she's like, "I'm not going to let you do this." Um, but we also get some really good setup in this too, uh, which is um, something I didn't uh, think about either. When she, when she he's walking into the class, you know, and he they say he's late, and he says, you know, well, time is relative. So actually, you guys were all early. I'm yeah, on time. You guys were. <laughs> But they're watching a video, and the video is uh, Olivia Octavius, who is going to be Doc Ock later on, um, played by Katherine Hahn. And um, just funny that, like, that little bit there, we don't get to see her name, and we don't get to learn anything about her there, but it's pretty big setup for something that comes later in the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'll... I'll... Save my thoughts on Olivia Octavius until later, till we get to her, because I don't want to spoil anything with that. Um, I've seen Catherine Hahn's been acting for a while. She's been in a ton of things, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of times she's funny, she's talented, she's great, but she would get overlooked. Like she was kind of overlooked a little bit in Step Brothers, and she was an anchorman. She played one of the great side. She played a great side character in Anchorman, right? But she was always on the side. And it wasn't until she played Agatha in WandaVision where I was like, wow, this lady is, is truly amazing. And now when I see her and stuff, she she is unbelievable. Uh, when she, the part she played in Glass Onion, fantastic. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm becoming a big fan of Katherine Hahn. Um, yeah. You know, after seeing her in 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 the MCU and Ag and WandaVision, because she's she's just she's a really underrated actress, um, and I'm glad to see that she's getting more love and appreciation now than she has previously. Yeah, it's I always find it funny when like I, I don't know how much they think about it, like the actors and stuff, but like. You know, it's just jobs them a lot of times, but being like, okay, I was in this Marvel movie that is like really big hit, and I played like a variant of Dr. Otto Octavius and being Olivia Octavius. But then I'm also Agatha over here in this. Like, I, I wonder if they like ever link those th- things together in their mind, or if they're like, oh, it's just another job, or if they're like, oh, yeah, I'm happy that I, because like Haley Steinfeld plays kate bishop in the mcu now she also plays gwen in this that's two huge marvel roles but like i don't know if she ever really sits back and thinks like oh i have two huge marvel roles or she's just like oh those were jobs i did okay i'll say yes but i'll push back a little bit because this is maybe more of a sony role than a marvel role yeah yeah but it's in association with marvel like they they have the rights to it uh it is still a Marvel character that she's playing. It's just not like an yeah. MCU. But again, that's what I wonder. Like, do they think of them as separate things because of that? Or if she's like, man, I'm a pretty big name when it comes to Marvel. Like there's little girls wearing, um, at Halloween, you probably could have seen some people dressed up as Kate Bishop and as Gwen Stacy going around. And she could have been like, Oh, that's two of my roles. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I had no, I've, I have no real knowledge of, of Haley Steinfeld until this. Um, 
Mm. So I don't know. I don't know anything else I would have seen her in. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm going to pick a movie soon that um, was my introduction to her, which was uh, Pitch Perfect, um, which you haven't seen, but it is good. I know. Uh, I mean, well, and sometimes depending on the role, sometimes they're smaller roles. Like I found out earlier this week, Pedro Pascal was in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, um, he was playing a lot of bit roles before he kind of got the Game of Thrones bump. And then, uh, so Patton Oswalt had talked about that before. He he played uh, Remy the Rat in uh, what's the movie there? Um, the the cooking movie with the rat. Oh, Ratatouille. Yeah, he played he plays Remy the Rat in Ratatouille, right? Yes, yeah. So he, one of his comedies that he talks about how he loves the holidays and he loves Halloween. So one year he said, uh, one year, um. Kate Kane dressed to his house as Remy the Rat, like after Ratatouille came out. And he did the voice for him and it scared the hell out of the kid because he wasn't used to seeing. <laughs> but, you know, he's the real voice. Uh, Ray Romano, uh, someone else, Ray Romano, who does the voice. What's the the mammoth from uh, Ice Age? Yeah, I don't know the mammoth's name. I don't really watch Ice Age that much. But, you know, I think he does the voice of uh, yeah, Manny. He does I think it's voice. Manny. He does the voice of Mammy the Mammoth from Ice Age. And uh, I think he was playing, he was with a, a buddy of mine, and that was his friend's kid's, like, favorite movie. And he did the voice for him, and he's like, my dad does it better. <laughs> so he got a little humble from that. But That's funny. Um, Yeah, so uh, we have, it get to the point here where uh, he's going to do some graffiti uh, with but his But this uncle. is also the first introduction of... Who we find out is Gwen Stacy. Yes, Gwanda. Uh, that we'll we'll get to their full introduction once because uh, in this scene, yeah, she she laughs at his joke, um, or laughs at the awkwardness after he says his joke. But anyway, um, he'll get really introduced to her after his powers, you know. So he goes to his uh, uncle's house. This is ooh, a ooh, good ooh, setup too. Before that, would you ever do something like his dad did to him? Oh, <laughs> with the, do you say, did my parents ever do that? Would you? Oh, would, would I? Ever, yeah. No, no, I can't do it. I, I, I know what it's like to be embarrassed. I don't think I would be able to do that. Would you do it? No, nah, no, nah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to a kid. That, that could ruin a kid's entire like middle and high school life. Right? I guess he's also thinking like, hey, it's a nerd school. Like he'll be... <laughs> You'll be fine. But. but even so, there's still hierarchies in the nerd school, man. Yes. You're pushing that kid all the way down to the down the hierarchy. Um, so he goes to his uncle's house, uh, Uncle Aaron, and he uh, is going to talk to his uncle about uh, Gwen. Uh, he doesn't know her name at this time yet. But um, it was really, uh, really interesting when... You know, the uncle tells him about the shoulder touch and you get some fun stuff with that. But it actually comes full circle with the end of the movie as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he tries this out on on Gwen when he gets the powers. Uh, well, we'll talk about that later. But, you know, they go and decide they're going to do some graffiti here and uh, in a tunnel under the subway area, like an abandoned tunnel there. And Where his he, uncle says he's done some uh, engineering work down there. Yes. Yeah, I do think he is an engineer. I think that's why 
possibly, but I think his work was was not engineering, so to speak. Yeah, true. Could be because I was thinking maybe he was being honest, and then that's how he got recruited by Fisk, and then how he knew about the area to build all that stuff back there. That that was my thought, but you're right. It could just be him being like, "Oh, I have to cover this up here." Not only that, but he knew that he knew nobody goes down because he's yeah. He's been to that area. He works in that area. Mm-hmm. So he knows nobody really goes down there. And he wanted to look a little brighter and more colorful as he's going to work, I guess. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Need che- yeah, cheer him up. Um, so you paint the graffiti, and then you get the, the spider bite here. And this is a spider it, from another universe as it glitches, I believe, at a certain is it point. A me- was it? Or, so I wasn't sure if it was a mechanical spider. Um, I because I know there was there whatever what's the company? It's not Oscor. Um, Alchemex is what they had. Yeah, so obviously it's a spider from Alchemex, and I think they show it's a spider from Al. It might even say Alchemex on the spider or something. I can't remember. But um, yeah, I wasn't I'll sure if, if it was like a mechanical spider, if it was radioactive, like what was going on. I'll say it's elaborated on in, in the sequel. Uh, a little bit more of an answer there. But it, okay. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, it does glitch, which I think is the sign that it is from another dimension, like how the others glitch uh, in their time in this world. But he gets um, he gets bit. And I, I really loved this scene when I first saw it, too. And this was another one that I think really won the audience over early in the movie here was it's this big dramatic moment. And then you just see him like slap it down. Like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the spider died. Yeah. I guess he hit it hard enough, or maybe it's something to do with the, um, like if it is from another universe, uh, a glitch. Maybe it just ends up dying. Cause they talk yeah. about like how the others will die if they don't get back home. Yeah. There's that. Or like maybe with a beast thing, maybe with the, that yeah. particular spider. You know, once a beast things like stings you, that's it. Um, but yeah, so he thinks nothing of it. Goes home to his school, and then I'm going to uh, hospital if I'm getting bit by a spider. <laughs> yeah, you should. If you're listening to this, if you if, never do what Peter and Miles do in these movies, which is I'll sleep it off, I'll be okay, and then. You know, if you wake up after that and your glasses are no longer needed and stuff and you look really buff, then maybe something's wrong. Maybe go get checked out. Um, But yeah, so he uh, he sleeps it off. He wakes up and then throughout the day he starts having these issues. And uh, this is one of my favorite sequences because you get his um, his his running with Gwen when she is about to say Gwen and I guess she decides not to, because maybe she doesn't know if these people know about Gwen Stacy in their universe or not. So I think she just thought against it. She goes Gwanda says it's South African. Um, And then she, uh, you know, he does the shoulder touch and accidentally gets stuck to her with the, with the spider hands and then gets his hand stuck in her hair. And she ends up getting, having to get a haircut here uh, as he gets really okay, stuck. Okay, so let me let me ask you this, since I don't know much about Gwen Stacy. Um, is that a typical haircut for Gwen Stacy in the comics or other forms of media that she eventually ends up with? Is that... 
or is that something they did maybe specifically for the movie? Um, just looking at artwork, uh, because I haven't read too much of like her universe. Gwen's like when she's not Spider Woman, this is not like her hairstyle. And when I'm looking in comics right now, it doesn't usually look like she has this hairstyle either. So this is kind of like an original uh, for the movie. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I just mm-hmm. wasn't sure if that was. Um, she makes it was... work. Yeah. Which is uh, good for her because it could be embarrassing. Uh, she she had to get some things fixed so it doesn't leave the <laughs> imprint of the hand. <laughs> you know, she kind of fixes that part of it, but um, she makes it, she makes it work with her personality and her. Uh, you know, she gets over it. Um, but she does tell him he doesn't get to like her haircut when, when they meet again later. Uh, but yeah, so then this is where, you know, he's trying to run away and then, uh, his, uh, this is one of my favorite parts. I don't know why, but I just always love this part when the security guard stops him and says, Hey, I know about like you, I know you snuck out breaking curfew. <laughs> so he's like, and he's thinking like play dumb. And he's like, who's Morales? And then it's just like, not that dumb. And then he just goes, blows past him. Uh, And then you have like the Spider-Man Christmas tune playing in the guy's office when he's trying to, uh, because he runs away and he ends up in the security guard's office instead of running anywhere else. And uh, is able to then walk on the, you know, the the ceilings and the windows outside and ends up uh, getting away that way. But just a fun little scene there. Uh, but then we kind of get into the darker part of this where he will have the powers. He sees um, the stuff going down in... Because he's going back to check out the spider, right? Because he's like, hey, this is where I got bit. All this stuff is going on. I'm going to check out the spider. And this is where he kind of hears the Prowler who will be revealed to be Uncle Aaron. And then having... Um, all those conversations and seeing stuff going on with Kingpin and, and and then you see Spider-Man facing Green Goblin. So he kind of sneaks in and uh, has a nice meeting with, with Peter Parker here, who is going to pledge to train him after they stop this, uh, this machine, but he's actually uh Spider-Man's going to die here which was uh did you did you expect this did you know that he was gonna die or oh no this 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 <laughs> came from out of left field i had no clue about this so um okay so before that there was the uh the explosion what was that after um the explosion happens, and then in the rubble is when Kingpin kills him. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I remember seeing the explosion. Right. I definitely remember seeing the explosion, and I watched it, and I thought I saw something in it, but I was like, I don't know. It's just an explosion. Come to find out, it was actually the different spider variants uh, being released out into the explosion. Because I didn't see that until later when I think it might have been Peter B. Parker or someone else where they show the explosion in New York City or whatever. Or, and then you see like one little individual like streak across the sky. And I was like, oh, so that was something. 
So I'm glad I caught that. Um, but yeah, I, I did not expect Kingpin to kill. Because in all fairness, you've seen so many of these movies with yeah. superheroes and various things. They never die. Or if they die, it's because it's like it's the end of the series. You know, it, yes. with, with Tony Stark, it, mm-hmm. it's when uh, I haven't seen it, but it's Logan in, you know, in Logan. Right. It, it's something like where it's it's the end of something and either they're moving on to another character or they're ending the series. Probably wouldn't even say ending. They're giving it a pause before they reboot it eventually, like five years down the road. Right. Right. But like, like they're, they're coming to a definitive end and you know, you, you at least know going in or you can tell by the movie that that's the definitive end of that. So I, I, I thought maybe he was going to jump down and knock the, knock, knock the gun out, uh, the, the dude's hand. Or like, you know, do a kick on him or something. I did not expect that. Uh, not only did I not expect that Kingpin was just going to smash him and kill him right then and there. Didn't expect that like 30 seconds later, like all of a sudden they're like, oh, Spider-Man is dead. And then they finally reveal who he is and everything. Because I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. One, how did they how did they find out Spider-Man was dead? Like, did they find the body or whatever? Like, how did they I put assume... all that together? Yeah, I assume with the explosion, somebody responded to it and and they left his body there, and uh, and that was kind of I guess Wilson's message to everyone of like, hey, I'm in charge now. I'm in charge. Maybe, I I mean, maybe, but I hadn't thought of that. But I was just like, yeah, and and it just rolled straight into like, oh, the like New York City's morning because Spider Man's dead. I was like, wait a minute, they found it like. And then, you know, obviously now they know who he is, Peter Parker, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, wait a minute, he's actually dead. Like, this isn't cool. Like, you're supposed to train him. Like, what's going on? You're like, this is a weird turn of events here. This is not supposed to happen. What is going on? And that's funny, because, like, my my thought process when I went into it was, oh, I'm surprised Peter's in this, because I was like, uh, he's usually dead in miles comics and stuff. So then when he, they killed him off, I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that makes sense. But I think I'd maybe seen ads of, you know, Spider-Man being in it as well. And then you're like, wait, so how are they going to do this? You know? And then, um, you know, I, I like that he goes home and, you know, his, his parents are, was well, dad, especially is like, are you supposed to be in school? Like at your, you know, in your room, not past curfew here. But the mom's like, we got to let him stay. Like, he looks a little shaken yeah. by something. He's obviously going through something right now. So. Yes. Um, they don't pick up, though, with his question about, do you really hate Spider-Man, that he already knows Spider-Man's dead. Maybe he, maybe they did find out, thinking like, oh, he must have saw that on his way over here, and then that's what made him upset, I guess. Um, because then they turn on the TV, the parents, and, and see it, and... Uh, yeah, then we get the morning stuff. We get the Stan Lee cameo here where he's selling Spider-Man costumes. Uh, <laughs> so so I've read about this. This was one of the last things he recorded before he passed. Yes. Um, and apparently they put him, he's in a bunch of the subway cars throughout the movie as well, I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta be honest, that hit me. Yeah. I... I wasn't expecting Stan Lee in this movie. Like I, I, right. I didn't know what to expect. One, I wasn't so I wasn't expecting a Spider-Man to die. So now I'm just kind of like, what's going on? 
Right. And then you hear that voice, and you know that voice, and I'm like, oh, wait, they got Stan Lee. So, like I said, I, I looked some stuff up, so it was like one of the last things he, he recorded. Um, I saw that they also went to him to, to get the recording. Everyone else had to go into the studio, but uh, right. it's it's Stan Lee, and he, he was up in, he's up in his 90s or whatever. If right. you're going to make an exception for anybody, you make an exception for Stan Lee. Like, that, that's understandable. Um, and then they, they talked about, uh, they wanted to include the fact that anybody can wear the mask. And I guess that's something he's always talked about throughout the, the history of the comics. Yeah. And that, that got me and I was just like, man, here it is. Like, I was not expecting this today. Like, come on. I'm, I'm like it's supposed to be a happy day. And now, now I'm on the verge <laughs> of tears because now I'm looking at Stanley. Yeah. You're Who like ringing in the new year. You're like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I guess. As he's smirking next to a no refunds whatsoever sign. But. Yes, and it make it a it, it's a nice touching thing in the scene where Spider Man is dead, but it also like they they hit the right note there of like, you know, he's saying the suit always fits, but he's also saying it in a way of like, yeah, too you're not bad, it's back. no <laughs> refund. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting your money back whatsoever. With like but, the shining on the teeth and everything, yeah. But yeah, I can I can I can kind of get what he was saying of. Yeah, the suit the suit always fits and anyone can wear the mask. Yeah, you know, that's the part that gets me at the end of the movie all the time, not to jump there, but like I I always except for maybe the first time, because I was just riding the high of like the, the first time I saw it in theaters or whatever. I'm not sure. But like I actually get more emotional with movies as I watch them over again. So like uh unless if it's like some of the Disney Pixar stuff like I, I I cried like a baby the first time I saw Up and I, I haven't really revisited it because I don't want to you know ball my eyes out all the time so uh, but with this one like I don't remember tearing up in in the theaters at the end here when he says you know he's doing his for the last few weeks I've been Spider-Man and you know anyone can wear the mask you can wear the mask like but now every time I watch this, that is the part that gets me every single time. I, I tear up. Uh, I And it's part of why I think I love this movie so much is the, is the message behind it, because this is something Stan Lee has preached. People will say now, like, why is Marvel got to be so political and stuff? Read his soapboxes in the back of the comics from the 60s, where he is saying, where, where people are writing in, like, why'd you have to create this black character? And he is like, uh, they exist in the, they exist in the world, and I want to be showing examples of these people and different diverse things in the world. And he constantly was somebody that fought for that. So when people try to use his name, sometimes it's like, oh, he'd be very upset with the direction no, of some of the stuff. He, you're wrong. You're wrong. He he fought for this type of stuff. So uh, the yeah, fact he, that it was so true to his message, and he, he literally yeah. fought. He was he was a World War II veteran. Um, right. Right. Uh, I, I've told the story before. Um, I met him once. He was an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Just warm and genuine. He was like 90 years old and he snuck up on us in a room of like 300 people. Um, he was the reason all 300 of us were there to meet and him. And he still snuck place. up on him. Yeah, we were going around the room giving like our little introductions because it was a veterans thing and like, hi, I'm Casey, U.S. Army, I'm a photographer, blah, blah, blah. Get all the way around the room and it's like, is there anybody else? And after about 20 people, everybody just kind of zones out until it gets to you. And then once you say you're a little piece of who you are, what you're doing, you kind of zone out because you realize the room's full and you're just like, right. whatever. And then you hear that voice. 
And yeah, we got snuck up on by ninety-two year old Stan. Awesome dude. Um, <laughs> but I've uh, I've also found I'm forty-five now. As I'm getting older, I'm getting more emotional about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this movie definitely had me tear up. Um, there's like you said, you uh, you don't want to watch up anymore because you don't want to <laughs> do that. Uh, I don't think I can watch the original Lion King anymore because mm-hmm. every time Mufasa goes. I'm going to lose it. And uh, I will watch Futurama over and over. Like, I'll binge through it. But there's there's actually two episodes now, but one for sure. I will never watch that episode. You again. just skip it? It's called Jurassic Bark. And mm. it's about Fry and his dog. And he, it, it, he finds uh, basic premises. Fry gets cryogenically frozen. He comes out uh, in, in the year 2000, going in right. from New Year's Eve. Uh, he, he's cryogenically frozen in the year, going in, in the year 2000. He gets unfrozen a thousand years later. And at some point, he finds his dog. Uh, and they they can um, they can bring his dog back. They have the technology. You know, they can make a clone of his dog, and he's for it for a while, and then he decides no. But then it shows you what happened to his dog. Mm. in the very end and that's where i lose it and especially if you go on like if you go on twitter there there's a bunch of people it's just called it's usually called that episode um where mm. people that like people just talk about nope won't watch that episode they just can't do it especially like I, you have dogs i know yes yeah, yeah that'll I, that'll wreck me i can't watch that. watch it once just to watch <laughs> it but after that like i i so even like I've watched it on Hulu not that long ago, and you know you're sitting there watching it, and then it comes up in the corner like next episode, season whatever, and it gives you the title. And I was sitting there and I'm like doing something on my phone, and I happened to look up, and I saw the title, and I was you're like, like no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> we are skipping this episode. Yeah, um, but I, I find as I'm getting older, I'm getting more emotional with stuff, and, and yeah, that that's happening. So yeah, I definitely teared up a couple times during this this movie. And there's a great scene here too when you know Mary uh, Mary Jane is talking to everybody, and then saying about like how the, the, it's you know they're looking for toward like the next person to step up or whatever. And Miles is like they're talking about me because he has the powers and stuff. But the guy next to him is like I think like the metaphorical you and not like really you. Yeah. Like use the collective, not like yeah. just you. Like we as no a clue. city need to step up and do our part to help <laughs> right, make it right. a better place. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just think that's funny because that guy has no clue who he's that he's talking to the next Spider-Man there. But we then get uh you know, going to the graveyard and and uh, this is when we get introduced to Peter B. Parker. Okay, so uh, why is it Peter B. Parker? Is it like I said because the other one is like Peter A. Parker? That's that's what I believe. Yes, it or, was a joke from the first one, just saying Peter Parker, oh. and then it being Peter B. Parker, like he's the B. But also, it probably his middle name is probably I would assume Benjamin after his uncle, uncle ben. ben. That's what I would guess. Okay. Um. But yeah, we get introduced to him. This one's played by Jake Johnson. The, the last one was played by um, uh, why am I blanking? Chris Pine. Chris Pine playing the blue, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed uh, Spider-Man, while Jake Johnson playing the uh, brown eye, brown hair, Peter B. Parker. Which uh, 
you know, when you contrast it to the Peter A. Parker one, right, where he is kind of at the top of his game, everything yeah. going well, you get this guy down on his luck. He's saying he's doing, you know, what crunches, uh, but he's really just eating pizza when this portal opens up. He, he separated from Mary Jane. He opened up a a Spider Man restaurant. That TGI failed. Spideys, yes, yeah, Spideys there. Um, he's got like a little. He's got like the uh, Toby Maguire crappy one bedroom apartment going. Yes. Um, and and, and uh, he, he separates because he doesn't want kids. Mary Jane does, and, and he, he, he yeah. gets the uh, he gets he gets many comments throughout the movie about his size. Yeah, well, because for half of it, he's going around in sweatpants. <laughs> hey, look, uh, man, no sweat- Spider-Man bottoms, just sweatpants. Hey, look, sweatpants are comfy, man. I don't, <laughs> they don't are. I, I wear them almost exclusively, unless if I'm at work. Uh, so I do like sweatpants, but I have more of the athletic sweatpants. I don't really like the the thick uh, gray ones. There, yeah. Um. But yeah, Jake Johnson, I think he does a great job as Peter B. Parker here. And he uh, is the reluctant hero, I would say, right? He's the guy that doesn't want to train. He's almost like Yoda, where Yoda's talking to Ben Kenobi saying, I can't train him. He's too old. He's constantly telling Miles it's not going to happen. He's going to take care of the thing himself. He's going to go back home. That's it. But What, what, um, what did he call the little the little memory stick? Goobers. Yeah, yeah, a little goober. Give me the goober. <laughs> There's there's always a button or always a code you got to input or something. Yeah, an override key, a button, a yeah, whatever. I just it's call them goobers. Um, I liked Miles' reaction to that of being like, he called it an override key. He's like, yep, 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 that's fine. Like, it's just it is what it is. Um, and then Aunt May is going to call it a goober later too. So you do show that even our Peter Peter Parker was. Uh, one to call it a goober as well. Just, uh, he explained it a little bit more to miles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we get this introduction here. It, you know, the first thing he wants to do is go get this burger from a place that closed down six years ago. And you know what? This is one of the most relatable things Spider-Man has ever well, done. Before that, remember now he's, he knocked them out or something. Oh yeah. And yeah. Then, and he has to yeah, run so away now, from the like, cops. Yeah. Now they, they're, they're looking for a, a, a teenage Spider-Man. Uh, dragging a homeless guy a homeless corpse throughout the city (laughs) and it gets stuck to the you know the train and then um i like when he gets the snowman face on him and the snowman's face like changes as it's going across the window and stuff yeah and they finally land and he's like just just go around us yeah. Thanks, New York. <laughs> just go around. Thanks, and, New and, York. and just like in New York City, everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. And they just, yep, you just no see and just start going around. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then they go to get a burger at a place that's closed six years ago. This is what I would do too. There, there's so many, um, there's some places that you think about, you're like, man, that place closed. I would love to have gotten that thing before it closed. Yeah. And uh, I love that he goes there. He's like, yeah, six years ago, this thing closed down. I'm getting this burger. He doesn't have the money to pay for it. So he's going to get miles to pay for it. And they just have this conversation about, yes, we have to go to this place. And pretty much because the goober is broken, because miles tried swinging, you know, when he yeah. got his powers, broke it. 
they have to pretty much go to the computer at Alchemex and create a whole new key is what the plan here is. So that's their plan. Um, you know, he's reluctant to have Miles go with them, so he uh, wants them to wait outside. Uh, but I love this part when they're explaining the plan, and then he's going to walk towards the guy scientist and then miles is like it's actually the woman i saw it in a video at my school or whatever he's like oh okay then i'll have to reevaluate my preconceived even notion before that the fact that they have to take a bus yes he said we're not swinging all the way to the hampton or whatever so yeah. now they're just two spider-man and then later you see the same thing you see all the spider-men all the spider people get off there <laughs> getting off a bus and it's just like but then again, in a place like New York City, where you might see something like that, you the people on the bus are probably just like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, they don't know if it's the real Spider-Man. They would be like, Spider-Man's not really on a bus, right? Like, they wouldn't take a bus. Well, I mean, so, obviously, Christmas just happened a couple weeks ago, and they have a Santa Con up there every year around Christmas. So, I'm sure <laughs> at some point on the subway and the bus, yeah, true. there's a random, like, whole subway car full of, or bus full of, Santas. And imagine around like New York City Comic Con times. Yes. Where you yeah. might see a bunch of random characters on a bus or a subway car. And they don't have that... Comic Con in this universe. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did hear what what's Comic Con? Yeah, because Peter mentions it from his universe, yeah. But like like I said, imagine like, you know, Comic Con and then you just like a whole subway car full of whatever random characters getting off. Mm -hmm. Or a bus full of whatever. And there's normal people on there must are probably just like, whatever, dude, I just got to get to work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I take the bus there. I, I like that, you know, he gets uh, like, oh, I'll have to reevaluate my, <laughs> you know, um, whatever he says, like his preconceived notions there with the, with not believing the woman scientist would be the one yeah. in charge. And then the, I also love this part where they're crawling through the tunnel here, like through the air ducts and you get the overheard conversation of Kingpin with uh, uh, Olivia Octavius here where he's like, Oh yeah, pretty standard stakes, blah, 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 blah. You got he's 24, like, hours. <laughs> 24 hours. Then he says it. And then he says, Oh, that's bad. And he said, actually all that stuff was bad. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> like lying before or whatever. The, the great thing is, and so Peter B. Parker is a little older. He's a little paunchier, right? He's been doing, he's been Spider-Man for a minute now, right? Yeah, he's like the 30-year-old. He's in his 30s. Well, the last he's, one he's, I think they said was 26. He's He's got like a five o'clock shadow. He's got some, he's got some gray. He's got some salt and pepper going in the hair, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's been doing this for a while. So yeah, imagine if, if like, you're like him and you've done this for 15 years right mm -hmm. so yeah you're like okay yeah you've got 24 hours okay whatever blah 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 let well, go ahead leave the room and i can climb down and do my stuff now yes yeah, so and we learned some of miles new powers here because he accidentally turns invisible uh he can't do it on command though um and uh you know, Peter is kind of stalling Olivia when she comes in while they're trying to um, break into the computer here. I also think it's great how fast he was able to remember that password and how he was like trying to tell Miles. He's like, remember this. It's like, be up three, four, five, six. I was yeah. like, how do you remember all this? Um, 
And, and then Miles can't remember it, so he's got the a, last two. You don't, yeah, you don't look a day over thirty-five. <laughs> yes. Um, also, then when he's just trying to walk out of there with the monitor and the computer, and he's invisible. <laughs> and then I, I just love have, when he grabs the monitor, throws it, and says, "Good news, we don't need this." Yeah, I was gonna say I just have one issue with that, right? So Miles is a fairly smart kid, right? Yeah, yeah. he's going to a school for like gifted you know, for young gifted people. He won a lottery to get in, right? So you're telling me he didn't know he didn't need the monitor, he just needed the, the actual CPU. The tower I thought there. about that too, but what I was wondering is if his thought was we're gonna take this into a different area real quick and like plug it in and, and get this worked out. You know what I'm saying? Or like if he thought, okay, we're running away fully right now. Okay, um, maybe I'll give you that. Like, yeah, they're going to take it into the next room. Just plug it back in Because they took a whole bus up there, so maybe he's thinking even if they get out of this place, they find, like, a cafe and just plug this thing in real quick. You know, I don't know. But Go like, to a Starbucks uh, and take yeah, a whole desktop. Yeah, with this computer, whole desktop. <laughs> um, so then they escape and... Uh, but, whoa, 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 before that. Through the so ca- cafeteria. This, this, uh, this was my second shock of the movie. Oh, the Octavius part, right? I, I, I was not expecting Olivia Octavius. I so I remember seeing Captain Hans character. I remember seeing Olivia, like you said earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. where she, they showed her working for what is it? I can't remember the name. Alchemex, yeah. Alchemex. Well, she's working for Alchemex, right? And she's on the screen doing whatever, blah blah blah. And then when Peter, when when Miles tells him no, it's her. I remember seeing her from a thing in school. Okay, so I knew she was a central character of some sort, right? I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was kind of surprised where she recognized Peter, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. Like, what, what's going on here? And then when she busted out the name of Olivia Octavius, um, I was like, oh, that that's a good twist on this. Like, I, I, was, I had not anticipated that we would have a female Doc Ock. Yeah, I would love to see more of Catherine Hahn as this Doc Ock. Um, like I, her origin story, I think would be fantastic just to see. I'm sure it's similar, if not the same. Right, right. Um, one thing, Catherine Hahn is awesome, so to get more of her in this role would be great. But yeah, like that—that that was my my next shock where I did not expect that whatsoever. Yeah, and. Uh... That was something that shocked me when I saw this the first time, too, in theaters. Because, like, remember, this movie wasn't as big of a hit, right? So, in my mind, like, it wasn't as anticipated. So, nowadays, you get people trying to scoop or spoil stuff for all of these movies all the time. Yeah, I went in to see No Way Home knowing, because of leaks, that Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire were all in the movie as Spider-Man. Well, those those leaks had also been out for like two years before the movie too. No matter how yeah, much they tried but to. Yeah, I mean, like out. I actually saw like clips, like oh. I saw the the what? set photo, all that kind of stuff. This movie, I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen all that. I just like for <laughs> for like at least a year, if not yeah, longer, yeah. before before that one. Like there was there was the oh, aspect yeah. of like all three Spider Men were going to be in there. Um, but yeah, like uh, in all fairness, like you said, yeah, people people try and spoil everything now. Because now even so, with Across the Spider-Verse, I went into it, I'm not going to say anything, I went into it knowing more stuff than I went into knowing this. 
because people then knew it was going to be a hit and they were trying to scoop it. People were interested in spoiling it. This movie I went in with knowing pretty much nothing about. And I think that's why it hit so well for me too, is these twists worked because they weren't spoiled. Nowadays you get somebody, especially animated can kind of hide this stuff a little bit more nowadays. Like, with live action, if Marvel Studios says, hey, we signed Cather and Han to a movie, usually Variety will say they're playing this character. It, it, this did not happen for the animated films. It was just like, you go in and then you find out this stuff. And that's what made it work so well, I think, because this twist really did hit because you're not expecting that you're, you know, you're in this other universe. There's other hints to it because you have green goblin is not like uh goblin goblin. He's more like ultimate universe goblin where he's like a full goblin with wings and not just a guy in a suit. mask. Yeah. yeah. So that's your clip, you know, your hint a bit that there, there can be different things going on here. And I really like this change here. But yeah. So once she, Especially once she she kind of had that smile and was like she can't wait to to crush you or see you get crushed or something. And I was like, wait a minute. That's when he's like, what did you say your name was? Yeah, yeah, because he hadn't been told her a name yet. And then I like when he says, "So your friends call you call you Doc Ock?" She says, "No, uh, my friends call me Livy. My enemies call me Doc Ock." Yeah, like that was that was my next big shock where I sat there and I was like, oh, this is this is about to get real interesting here. Mm-hmm. Another question, real quick, while, while it's on my head. Why did they give Kingpin such a big body and a little head? Uh, I think they based him off of a certain design he has in the comics, which is not like, I mean, it does not this drastic, but I think they were trying to be a little stylized here. I'll give him huge. That. He's a huge <laughs> dude, and then he's got like a little itty-bitty head. <laughs> you, it, you know what it, 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 I thought of? Like the old Super Mario Brothers movie. I think it was one of the Goombers or something were built like that where they had this massive body and just this little <laughs> Goomba head or something. That's funny. Uh, yeah, he does look... I was thinking about it too when I was picturing like his wife looks normal and I'm like, how did this work? What? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so while they're escaping, uh, they go... And then the, the, the arms come out from her back and everything. And that's Oh yeah, they're and they're like, like oh. different arms too. They're not like uh, metal. They're kind of like this hydraulic almost right it's like almost a tube and it doesn't look like they're i don't know because they didn't show too much but i can't really tell if it's connected to her body in the way that some of the ones we yeah i don't think it, i think it's like something she's wearing i don't think it's like in her uh like i don't think it's attached to her the way that the other well like in all fairness uh, the only other doc Ock i know is uh alfred molina's yeah it's alfred molina's one well, that one got fused to his body. I don't know how accurate that is to the comics or whatever. I don't think it's um, that accurate, actually. I remember, I think in the comics, he just wears the suit, if I remember right. So, but, uh, yeah, Alfred Molina was the only one I know. And he did an awesome job with it. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where to go. Uh, but he, Miles is going to help him kind of get out of this a bit. They're going to run away. Um, and they go through yeah, the cafeteria where all of these all these workers are oh yeah <laughs> they in, all in the jump up with their guns even before that just just that cool just yeah and just, grab just a bagel along, like, doo, doo, doo. Uh, i like miles throwing the bagel too um at, at them 
Yeah, the, the bagel bit was great. Uh, th- there was something I saw about that, too, where I think they added it in or whatever. But, yeah, where he throws the bagel and just hits him. And, and So, before we go any further, the animation in this mm-hmm. throughout is fantastic. Yes. Because um, I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk about it later. The different art styles that you have from the start of the movie... Mm-hmm. incorporating the different spider people in their own different versions of their own art style that would be in their spider verse like spider noir and spider ham um, yeah because spider ham looks like a wb looney tunes a looney tunes yeah. yeah uh the penny parker is is a completely different animation style like right. in, in, in anime um the I love the the comic book things throughout it of the thwips and the like we said the bagel crack all Bam, the stuff that pow, you would see Batman sixty six type but, stuff but yeah all the stuff all the stuff that would be in a comic book right that they had mm-hmm. to, that they that they would have to show in a comic book for you to get the gist of what's happening um and the way that it is like almost like the frames per second is different like they move differently it's really so interesting. What, it is because uh, the way it was explained when I read on it was as Miles is learning. So he starts off at like a 12 frame. Like that's why he's kind of glitchy and his, his stuff mm-hmm. isn't as smooth because he doesn't know what he's doing yet. He's still learning how to fly or how to do everything and how to be Spider-Man. And he's, he's in those very beginning stages where everything is awkward and he doesn't know how to do anything. So that's right. why everything is the animation is geared that way, and as it goes along and he gets better at it, and eventually he does catch up and he does eventually get to the full twenty four frames a second that everyone else does. And uh, like I said, I, I have the the HDR the HD Blu Ray of this. Oh, this looks fantastic, um, visually, like color wise and everything. It, it this 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 might be one of the best looking discs I've ever seen, um, with the HDR and everything going into it. I wish I had the 4K one. I have the, I have just the normal one. I have the 4K for across the Spider Verse, but I need to maybe I need to upgrade this when I uh, <laughs> upgrade my. Uh, I, I think even the Blu-ray would look great, but I but I, I bought it in the 4K and it like I said it looks amazing. Oh, um, I bet it, it honestly might be one of the best ones I like best discs i've ever watched um color palette and everything and like i said the animation really is fantastic throughout the course of the whole movie um yeah it has so much style you know it it just like and and it's something that i think it's talked about when you look at right now and i don't want to go too far into off topic but when you look at the year that disney had last year where their animated films and even some of their live action films weren't hitting as well. And and they haven't really had a hit animation wise since Encanto culturally. Uh, You know, that movie didn't do great at the box office, but once it hit Disney plus it was a hit, but like there are two films following that. And some of the Pixar ones following that were not as big hits. Part of the things that you look at is a lot of their Disney films right now look a lot the same, like Rapunzel looks similar to, the characters from frozen because they kind of have that style. That's the Disney style. 
But when you have a movie like this that can just come out there and be like, this is our style, we're going to lean into this. That's part of the reason why it won the Oscar, you know, because it was going up against Wreck-It Ralph 2, which I think Disney thought they had a way. Like, I remember Disney, I think, put out like Blu-rays that said they won the Academy Award for it because they had just printed it up before. Like, I think they thought they had it locked. This was, I read this was the first non-Disney or Pixar one in like 10 years. Exactly. That's why Disney was that, so confident. That, that had that <laughs> had that won the, the Academy Award for Best Animation Feature. And really, so, Sony didn't have big history on doing great animation films right and this one just comes along and knocks out of the park animation wise and then you also add on the story and the acting and stuff and it just yeah. like uh it totally deserved it i look i'm a disney fanboy i worked there i have podcasts about it but i was rooting for this one to win because this showed what you can do with the medium of animation and uh i mean it, it's fantastic and i i can't uh I can't say enough about the the style. I, I watched this thing. Look, this is probably the fifth, the seventh time, something like that, that I watched this movie, maybe more. And I still can't get over it when I'm watching it. Like, this animation is unreal. Like, it's yeah. just unreal. It, it was something I read about leading into it and had heard about before. And as I was getting ready to watch it, read about, like, um, like I said, saw it, it was the first non-Disney or Pixar movie in, like, a decade to win. Um and and everything and they talked about you know the different visual styles for different spider peoples and everything and how they worked with it with the frames per second but they they just talked about in general like this was this was something they worked really hard on and it reading about it hearing about it and then seeing it like reading about it, hearing about it can't compare you for what you're about to right. see like that's honestly the only way i can really describe it is it, it there's, there's no way to accurately describe what a treat you are in for visually when you watch this movie. Um, and, and that, that I would like to see, I don't know if, if Sony has any more animation things lined up outside of another, the third Spider-Verse movie in a couple years or whatever. But this shows that they have the capability and I would like to see what they could do with some other stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, when you, when you read out the list of movies that they did before this, none of them are like amazing, right? Like open season surfs up cloudy with a chance of meatballs, the Smurfs hotel, Transylvania, angry birds, Peter Rabbit, like, uh, and Goosebumps. Some of those are not even fully animated movies. They're like, uh, uh, th but that's who made them. Sony Pictures Animation. But uh, none of them have the animation that like this does when it came to it. So like, they don't have the visual style. Yeah, this movie it just does. totally like upped everything with. Because uh, I would say Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs kind of looks like Hotel Transylvania. Like they kind of had a similar yeah those are style some, yeah. But this one, like, really is like, hey, we're here. And, yeah, I would love to see what they do going forward because, I mean, Sony has kind of played everything correctly right now. They jumped on the MCU when they needed to. They've been producing other movies, like the Venom movies that were hits. They had the Jumanji films go their way. They had this stuff go their way. And now they don't have a streaming service to worry about, so they're making money off of licensing this stuff. 
they're pretty set up like they're pretty set that they could maybe take a risk and do something else if they if they wanted to animation wise um so yeah we get introduced to gwen here as her spider woman and then we get the comic book opening of her and we yeah. learn that peter was uh who she lost and but um i don't know if you noticed this on there but peter was the lizard in this uh in this universe so i i okay so i remember seeing that she was fighting the lizard but i thought it was still what is it dr connors yes i i wasn't sure how peter like either either i didn't pay attention close enough in that but I, yeah, I saw that she was like, I because I, you see her fighting the lizard through shadows, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So okay, I, I was able to get the gist. Okay, that's that's the lizard. Cool, got that. But then I saw some other stuff, and maybe I was looking up stuff on my phone, so I probably didn't pay attention close enough. And then I saw Peter died, so I, I thought maybe he just got caught in the crossfire. Um. Yeah, thought- she um on Earth sixty five. I believe this is in the comics too. That uh her her um. Peter turns into the um, lizard. So they don't really notice it. You don't, they don't really show it too much on here. You do see Peter like dying and it looks like he's a little scaly and she's saying stuff, but like, I don't think it was as clear as that was kind of a nice illusion, I think to it, but um, yeah, just pretty interesting how they, uh, how they were able to pull in some of these deep cuts like this. And, I and will be, that. I will be honest. I am surprised that they have not done spin-off films of these characters. Like I'm surprised we have not had a Spider-Gwen animated feature. I or think no, they're Spider working Noir, on one for her. Or Spider-Ham. There was a Spider-Ham animated short. Um, I think they're trying to make a, a a series of that, but like I don't know, it's taken them a while to do anything regarding this. So yeah, you're right. Because usually if some, and maybe because this wasn't a total hit until later, maybe that might have been part of the reason why they haven't. But you know yourself, usually if if they have like, if their opening weekend is like massive, usually either beforehand or right after that, they're, they're green lighting and saying, go ahead, let, let's work on spinning this off. And, you know, and, and I mean, it is a multiverse as it is, so it has the capability you have at least with these characters that we've seen in this movie, like I would like to see a spider Gwen series and and what's going on in her world. I'd like to see a spider noir, spider ham. I'm not into anime, but I might be interested in seeing a Penny Parker. um, What's going on in her universe or something, or even if they did a series and maybe like every second or third cartoon was a different version, like, of what's a different Spider-Verse. Like, you know, maybe you have like two or three to kind of have a story of like Penny Parker. And then after like the third one, then you move on to Spider-Noir, you know. Give us like a Twilight Zone of Spider-Verse <laughs> each week. Give, give us like three or thing. four, if they're like 30 minute cartoons, give us like three yeah. or four for him to have like a little arc, complete that little story arc. And then you move on to Spider-Gwen, you know, and then, you know, that, that gives them time to like, Kind of like they can just leapfrog everything and so on and so forth. But. Now, you said you were not too familiar with Gwen Stacy, right? So, no. 
did this reveal get you too, or did you already have suspicions of her from earlier, or like it? It, it did get me. Um, because I, honestly, I thought she was just a random student in, uh, in 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 the movie. I thought she was just a random co-student in, in in his class. I did not. I did not realize that she was Spider Gwen, and then when she took it off, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then her story, where she talks about she got knocked into last week, literally, and then her story kind of like so she's like, "Something told me to go to this academy," and I don't know how she got enrolled in school, but whatever, okay. And then she cool. even like th- she purposely leans into Miles when he accidentally bumps into her. Like she has the back like this, and she kind of like bumps into him on purpose. Yeah, yeah, and then you, and then you once you see more of that, you realize like, yeah, she was around him on purpose because she she was able to sense that you know as as they all say, you're just like me. Yep. Right. So she was able to, to realize that's why she was that's why she was drawn to the academy, and that's why she had a connection with him and everything. Um. So yeah, I I I. I I, I yeah, that kind of took me by surprise too, but it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, and then they uh, they all take the bus back together. Uh, Gwen, Peter, and um, and Miles. And I, I they, don't know why that tickles me, but to, just taking just a to bus. see Spider Man and various other people just riding the bus like normal everyday people do. Well, the issue with Spider Man, right, is uh. He needs something to swing from. So the the issue becomes we kind of see it in Homecoming too when he goes to that party uh, and he's in the middle of suburbia and he tries to swing and you're like, oh, there's nothing here. And he's like running yeah. through people's yards. So I, I'm guessing with how far this thing is out, it's, it's a little tough to reach there without taking the old bus. All right, let, let me ask you one quick question. A little off topic, but it ties into what we were just saying. So some video game reviewers I saw with Spider-Man 2 said they were kind of tired of the New York scene. Like they want Spider-Man to go elsewhere. So I, uh, Far From Home, they took him to Europe, right? Was that was that the one? Was it Far From yeah, Home? Yeah, Far From Home, yeah. Far From Home, they, they took him on a class trip to Europe. As I've told you before, I, I never really read comics as a kid. Spider-Man has always been known as a New York-centric yep. superhero. And I get maybe he could go on a random excursion to other cities for like an issue or two. Or like we saw in Far From Home, he goes to Europe and he's doing stuff over there. Has Spider-Man really been anywhere else? Because, uh, like I said, a lot of, some of the reviewers were talking about there. Because, it, you know, they've with Spider-Man 2, they, they did say it was great, but it, they're tired of the scene of New York City and so on and so forth. But um, I'm thinking, like, where else can he really go? Especially, right. like... Uh, someone those... brought up like Nebraska. Like uh, someone brought up like, what do you want him to go to Nebraska? It's flat out there. There's no place. Like you said, there's no place he can swing. Right. Like right. So, people then so... be like, I can't do anything. But so is 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 he always pretty much just been yeah. New York centric, except for like one offs to random. Yeah, that's why places? some people don't like Far From Home. They're like, he shouldn't be over there. Now, uh, the most times that he's not in New York, I would say, is probably in like an Avengers mission or something. But otherwise, he's usually. In New York, um, 
And those complaints are so weird to me because one, they actually keep adding stuff to the New York. So there's more to see. Like they added some of Queens even. Yeah. They added more boroughs in in the new game. Um, And the traversal is so much faster now in that game too, that it's, if you're, I don't know, like, I don't know if you're tired of New York and you're playing a Spider-Man game, then I'm I'm just wondering if you're not a Spider-Man fan because I, I just I th- don't know if he's been anywhere else. Like, where yeah. are you going to put no, him? No, I mean, like, for those people complaining, I'm wondering if they're just, like, more gamers, you know, that are like, oh, I'm kind of tired of this area. But, like... I, I think it, that it may be it yeah. where they're just more of a game person, not the the comic and the story and the, the character version. Right. But, like I said, I just can't imagine. Maybe you could put him out to L.A. for a little bit, but, once again, he's not really meant to be out there. And LA is not it doesn't have as huge high rises. Like it's not as much downtown LA does, but not once, not as L- wide as L- New York. LA is and more of a spread out city too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe Tokyo, I could see Tokyo has a lot of but other than that, like I said, I can't imagine Chicago, yeah. but there's not a lot of places that have the places that he needs to flip back and forth to to be able to swing everywhere. So just weird nobody ever had those complaints about Gotham for Batman. <laughs> Um, but technically, Gotham's not a real city. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, also, like, I, I in those they kept getting progressively bigger too, because we had Arkham Asylum, then yeah. Arkham City, and then full Gotham that you're able to explore in Arkham Knight. I'm guessing because New York is so big already that people are like, people, I don't think with people Arkham really Knight, appreciate it because people complain more about the Batmobile with Arkham Knight. Than yeah, anything else like. I don't think people can really appreciate it in these. Like I grew up in a time where swinging around New York wasn't as like doable as a thing. Eventually they did with PS two do that. But even then PS one, like the PS two Spider-Man one, he was swinging from the sky. He wasn't actually latched onto buildings until the Spider-Man two video game on PlayStation. And then from there, like it's still not as big or as accurate as what this one is. So like, I think sometimes people, uh, will unfortunately uh, be prisoners of the moment at times. Cause like the fact that they have, and he can move as fast as he can and the game can load as fast as it can is literally like a modern technical achievement at this time. Um, so they get back, they decide they're going to go visit aunt may cause they think that she would be able to help, uh, because of the previous Peter probably has a, having his his shed that they can work out of. Um, okay, so before we before we move further, what's the deal with the shed? Is this shed in the comics? Was this something that no, is? No, it, it's not. Uh, I mean, I think there's probably been times where he had like a little shed to work out of, but it wasn't to this extent. So I think the what you're supposed to expect here, right, is what. Peter B. Parker's thinking, oh, yeah, I have this shed, too. Like, I, he probably works in the shed. Like, but just, then when a, it like just a literal into, shed yes. in the backyard, like a five, <laughs> like a 20 by 20 room shed in the backyard, and that was it. Right. And then, he, you know, the, it turns into an elevator, and he's like, oh, this is a little, a little much, like a little pretentious or whatever he says. And it's almost like a bat cave in this bit yeah. here. I, I just, I, I hadn't no knowledge of any shed or working so I wasn't sure what was going on with that. I was like, yeah, I yeah, I think this is just another instance of trying to one up Peter B. Parker of, you know, him kind of experiencing what this other Peter is like here, where, um, 
you know, he was younger. He was more in his prime. He had Mary Jane still. He had Aunt May still, because this is, of course, what we learn here when he says he doesn't want to, like, he, he, he didn't want to go to Aunt May because he was, he knew how tough it would be for him. He says he hadn't seen her in a while. It's alluded to that she has passed away. Yeah. Um, and then in her universe, he's the one that passed away. So they both kind of have this nice moment where they are like recognizing each other, but she already knows right off the bat, you're not my Peter. Yeah. Like they're not, there's a connection, but they're not the person that each other, they're not the actual person that each other is. is right. Meaning. And I love that too, though, that like they didn't go, I would think like a very cliche way would have been like where she thinks it's Peter, her Peter. And then it's like the secret they have to, I don't know. Like, I feel like there'd be a cliche movie thing that happens, but I like that. She is immediately like, no, you're not my Peter. All right, cool. But I'll help you guys. And actually they already had, uh, she's like, you guys think you're the only ones. The thought uh, to come here, yeah. She gives them the hello name tag thing. Like, you guys might need these. Three more jump down. This is where we get Spider Ham, Spider Man Noir, and Penny Parker and her robot Spider. Um, this is a. I love this part too. Like we've talked about it before. The overlapping introductions. These are all real characters, by the way, in the comics. Um, even Penny Parker is. Uh, her first appearance was in 2014. Um, so still, these were all pretty new at this point, but she comes from like the year 3000 something where her yeah. spider is in her dad's robot and is able to communicate with her that way. It's very anime, I would guess you could say. And then uh, Nick Cage kills me in this. He is so great as Spider-Man Noir where, you know, the breeze is coming through and, Peter B. Parker's like, where's there a breeze? He's like, wherever I go. There's always a breeze where I go. <laughs> Sometimes I burn a match just to feel something. You know, like he is uh, just so good. And it's it's role. it's like picture perfect Nick Cage, too. Like, yes. He didn't phone it in. He did a really he, great job. It is the, this, the, this is probably around the time where he realized just being Nick Cage is 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 a benefit yes. to him where he can just go full Nick Cage and people are happy with that. Oh man. What is this cube? Is this blue? Is this purple? I can't see. There's no color in my world. Yes, yeah, he's in a black and white neo like noir uh thing. So he's uh he says he'll find out the answer to the cube because he takes it home with him. And we get Peter Porker, which is the Spider-Ham. Uh, <laughs> now I see why everybody was going crazy about Peter Porker and John Mulaney. Again, like, Mulaney kills it. it in this. He's I great. I get it now. I 100... Okay, did you watch the uh, short? I think I did a few years ago. I don't remember it off the top of my head, though. The The short... It, it's even... if If you're listening to this... The short is even on YouTube. You can watch it. It's, it's literally like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's like four minutes long. Right, right. And it, it's basically what happened before Peter Porker got pulled into that universe. And yes. uh, the only way to describe it is truly an old-fashioned Looney Tunes cartoon. Because it is silly and wacky and crazy. And it's something I would have seen when I was a kid. But it is just fantastic. 
Yeah, and it this is what I think makes the movie work so well too. Is I feel like there's truly is something for everybody. This plays so well for the kids, too, Spider Ham, but also like for people that grew up watching like Looney Tunes and stuff. Like nowadays, I don't even know if you can watch them anywhere other than like Max or something. But growing up, it was like a huge block on Cartoon Network for me. Uh, I would see like this, you know, Looney Tunes was from like twelve to like 3 p.m. and then it'd be Tom and Jerry or something. And then, yeah. you know, like they just, you would see these all. And this was like classic um, cartoon like this. And then you have something for your anime fans with Penny Parker. You have, you know, the noir stuff. You have then just your normal Spider-Man. Like, do do, do animals talk in this universe? Because I really don't want to freak him out. <laughs> yeah, he says while they're hiding from the, the room. As he's looking at him. And then... uh even in the end, where they gave the shout out, where he's like, "That's all, folks." Can, is he legally allowed to say that? Yes. Is he legally allowed to say that? I think at that point they were just like, "If they like, if they sue, they sue. Whatever. We'll 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 we'll, we'll find a way around it." Right. Um. And and they kind of he kind of takes a shot at um people that say like bad stuff about cartoons too because like the the scorpion guy who is scorpion in this universe he is like actually part scorpion you know he um says like oh you're like just a cartoon or he's not really worried about it and then like he beats him up and he is like <laughs> you know how about that for a cartoon or is whatever. that cartoon uh, enough for you yeah cartoon enough for Where's you his hammer yeah the mallet that he pulls out of his pockets like you know just so cartoon um, but when they go visit May, we also get this part where they're all in the living room and it's right before Prowler and all of them appear. But Miles figures out that Uncle Aaron is the Prowler. And what I like about this, too, is when Nick Cage kills me in this part, too, when he comes in and he is catching everybody up on, you know, him being, uh, the, he, you know, Miles arrives there and he's like, hey, my uncle is like the the villain and he's like that's a pretty hardcore origin story before that where they were in the basement and they finally yes. re- like they're they're realizing like i don't know if miles is ready for this yeah with the i can't do it on command you know and he's like he yeah. can't do it on command so eventually the, and that's where that's where he ends up getting sad he turns invisible and he ends up leaving Mm-hmm. And that's where he goes to his oh, uncle's yeah. apartment. And when, now, so when he's up there, I forgot that the prowler was still looking for whoever it was that was at the scene at the site earlier where they killed Spider Man, right? Yes, yep. So he's in his uncle's apartment doing whatever, and he's leaving him a note. And obviously, they have the scene where, like, you see the prowler kind of like from across the street, like skitter across or whatever. And then when they show him at the window, that's when it hit me like, oh, that's why his uncle is gone for long, weird, random periods yep. of time. Like, this is, I was like, this is his uncle. Like, I, I, I'm sure a lot of other people who watched it were able to figure that one out right there. But I was like, oh, th- this is not going to be good because this is going to end up horrible somehow. Like, <laughs> like now, now, and that, that was a good twist story twist right there we're not like it's family now and um while trying to do some research like doing some note stuff on that 
I didn't realize that was Donald Glover's character in, uh, in Homecoming. Yep. In Homecoming, he, yeah. He mentions how he has a nephew in the area, so he uh, wanted to not let the guns get out or whatever. That's why he tells Spider-Man where to meet at the ferry for Homecoming. And then he and then he ended up with his ice cream melting. His, yes, because he left him there. <laughs> um, I, I you know yeah. what? I would I wouldn't mind seeing uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like if they did a Miles Morales live action movie like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing what's his name as uh, as Prowler. Yeah, Miles, as Uncle um, Aaron. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Donald Glover. You just said yeah. It. I wouldn't mind seeing Donald, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Donald Glover as, as like continuing on as Uncle Aaron or whatever. Like once yeah. again, I'm surprised that had like they haven't, especially now that the character is a lot more popular, a lot more well known. I'm surprised they haven't spun that off and and tried to incorporate that into the Spider Verse. Well, that's what I always wondered. Like when remember when the Marvel news broke that Sony was pulling him from that before no way home they were like oh we're gonna do our own thing and uh i was like so mad at sony and i was like why don't you just if you want a live action spider-man just do miles 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 morales yeah you have it right so i don't know i i think eventually they'll if they keep it with the mcu i think whenever tom holland's done you introduce miles and you keep this thing going right like that's something you can do i think the time has passed i think between connect connected universe fatigue and superhero fatigue. I think the time for something like that has passed. I think you've got to give it, I don't even think it could be Donald Glover anymore. I think it would have to be five or 10 years from now and it would be somebody else completely. But I, I think if they would have struck, if they would have struck while it was hot after homecoming and after this and after the miles Morales video game, where people were really starting to get into the character and learning more about him, and we're down for it. I think it could have been something that could have been a little bit bigger. I'll I say think... I, I, the only reason I disagree is because I think Spider-Man is fatigue proof. Um, I, I think he is. Uh, he's almost like a Batman. Uh, he's the most popular comic book character. And I actually don't know how much of it is comic book fatigue and just franchise fatigue as a whole or bad movie fatigue, because uh, for some of these, like, People will always point out the comic book ones, but when I look at stuff like Transformers didn't do well, which is not comic book, um, Indiana Jones didn't do well. Like it's like all these big budget movies. It's not even just superheroes. So I mm-hmm. think it's almost like the only movies that I think it's movies as a whole really that are struggling. And then you have Oppenheimer and Barbie that really just kicked butt this year and across the Spider-Verse and Guardians. Those are like the big movies of the year and everything else really struggled. Do you think, do you think Madam Web will, will be any good? No. It's going to be awful. It's going to be so bad. It's not even close to what Madam Web is in the comics or anything. It's going to be really bad. Um, but uh, I'm probably not going to go see it, but uh, I think we'll have coverage of it on the Marvel pod through Ron and Chris. I believe they're going to go see it. So uh, we'll have them do the podcast if that's the case. Um, but yeah, so then uh, he he figures out his uncle is the Prowler. He goes back. Um, he's still kind of sidelined a bit. They're going to. Well, remember his, his, his uncle. Uncle's uh, going to die. Yeah. Yeah. His uncle gets killed because um, he pulls off the mask. And shows he pleads him, yeah. for him, and yeah, 
Well, and, and not only that, uh, Aunt May, Aunt May's a boss here because she's like, hey, <laughs> like I guess maybe she's just used to it by now. Like, okay, there's, yeah, you guys yeah. are gonna fight. That's cool. Just take it outside. Like, right. do what you gotta do. Don't wreck my house, please. Just take it outside. And then they start wrecking the house, and she's having none of that. She hits whoever with the baseball bat. Like I said, <laughs> take it outside. Like at some point, just just humor the lady. Take the fight outside. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so then, uh, they go out, uh, they start fighting, uh, Prowler is gonna almost kill Miles until he takes off the mask, and then he pleads, and that's when Kingpin is going to finish the job, kill him, um, for betraying him, and then, uh, as he's trying to run away with Uncle Aaron and, and save him is when his dad, dad is going him. to So now his dad here. sees Spider-Man taking his brother. Or he doesn't yeah. see, he just sees Spider-Man with a body and then he, he catches him. And when he walks up to the body, realizes it's his brother. Yeah. Or he believes that Spider-Man has killed his brother. Right. Which, once again, another great twist there. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, you know, he, he tries to go to Miles, who's now tied up in his room because they do not, um, they do not he's think not, he can do it. They, they don't want him to he's get not hurt. ready. He's not ready. And, you know, they tell him it's, a, you know, he says, like, it's a leap of faith. You'll know, you know, whenever you take that leap. And that's when his dad shows up and he has this great conversation, one sided conversation. He thinks Miles is ignoring him. But I think if Miles was able to, he would have maybe I mean, had this conversation. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he tells him about his uncle. Uh, I, I think he was telling him his uncle something was happening, but he didn't actually say it. Cause then at the end of the call, he's going to try to tell him about uncle Aaron passing away. And he, that's when he says he knows. Um, yeah. And but I, he's pretty much saying like, door. I'm here to, I'm yeah. here to talk to you. Like, you, you know, cause in their cases they they keep trying to call him anytime, any of this stuff is going on and he's not answering. Cause he's really busy doing Spider-Man stuff and trying to save the world here. And they think he's kind of a, a, a bit ignoring them. That and he realizes he never had a chance to reconcile with his brother. Yes. Before he died, you know, we don't get the full story, uh, but his brother, you know, he went into the police force. His brother, I guess, stayed with a life of crime. He wasn't, you know, he, he took a, a a different turn in his life. I guess is the best way to say, because we don't really have a ton of uh, info on it. And that's why he's always so hard on Miles, too, I think, because he's like, he sees how much he talks to... How much he admires his, yes. his brother, his uncle. So he doesn't want him. He's afraid He's afraid Miles is going to turn that way with his life. Mm -hmm. And he but has all this promise. That's why he puts him in the good school and all that. You know, like, but, he wants him to be a better a better person. And then he, he realizes he never had a chance to reconcile with his brother before his brother was killed. So he's afraid that you know as miles especially miles is what is he middle school in this or is it high school no i think he's 14 or 14 because i think gwen is 15 but i she's think 15 I, months older than him but didn't they didn't they say it was i wasn't sure if they said it was middle school or high school was that i think it's added? a combined i think it's a combined school but so i mean especially you know, those mid teenage years is or is a very pivotal time in a young person's life, right? 
and you can make some decisions that can lead you one way or the other. So he's, he's afraid his son might make a couple of bad decisions. And next thing you know, he's kind of off the straight and narrow and he, he's, he's not going to be able to, you know, get him back down the right path. But he also realizes if he pushes him away, the more he pushes him away, the more he's going to take that path that doesn't lead him down the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this, that was an emotional scene as well, you know, not only because Miles couldn't talk to him, but because, you know, his dad doesn't know that his, he can't talk to him. He just thinks he won't talk to him. Right. And he's just getting this, this one part off his chest. And it's, it's a very emotional, very emotional scene. Very well done. Very well done. Yeah. And he is going to be able to get himself out of this after his dad leaves. And he goes back to Aunt May's, right? And they kind of cut this where you see him Great montage. post this. Great montage. Yeah, post that. And also during this where he is going back to Aunt May's. She's like, hey, I made these for you. Like, I knew you about time you showed up type of thing, right? And yeah, he then he kind fingers, of... He does some stuff with the suit. Yeah, he spray paints it, right? Like, he makes it his own. And... uh then we get the great, yeah, this this scene gives me goosebumps all the time, though. This what's up danger scene where he's, you know, web slinging and just going through the city. He's got like his um, Spider-Man suit on. He takes the leap on. of faith. He takes yeah, the leap takes of faith. the literal the leap of faith here. Um, and I, I like the scene. I think it was, I think it was during this montage where it was a cut of and a reflection of him looking up into a Spider-Man suit. Yes. And it's, it, it, he kind of, it, it's kind of him realizing, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it, like, he's looking at, he's looking up at the suit and the mask is kind of fitting on him and it, it's really fitting his face. And that's where it leads into, like I said, he's making the suit his own, he's spray painting it, turning it black, doing some other things to it. Yeah. Because I think the up. first time, I think the first time he's in that basement, he looks at it and you see him it's come off. up to like the chest. Yeah, he, right? like he can't, yeah. or the whole face thing is off. It's yes. not fitting, you know, it, it, like the, the, the face is, or it's like the face is this big and his face right. is this big. So it, it's just, it looks like a kid, you know, putting on a mm-hmm. Halloween costume or something. But now he's he's looking up at it and he's more more confident, more full of himself. And he's, he's fitting into it. Like Stan Lee said, you know, the suit will fit. And it does. Yep. Yeah, this scene is, this scene is really great. Uh this is uh i have a playlist of just miles songs which is from the miles game and from this movie and this this always gets me hyped this is not usually my type of music this what's up danger song i'm not really big into what would you call it hip-hop or yeah yeah but this song's great and uh, this whole soundtrack is great really and it fits this character and uh this scene is just huge payoff for a whole bunch of stuff throughout this movie. And I think one reason why I really like this movie too, is there's so many payoffs we're going to get in this, the the leap of faith thing that you, that you mentioned, you get, like I said before at the, with Octavius, right? You get that nice callback reveal. You get a great scene later on when, you know, watch the hands not the mouth, right? Yeah. It happened when Peter originally got captured and he pulls it here to make sure he's the one that has the goober instead of Peter. Yeah. Great callback there. And then the the move he does 
to Miles before he locks him up in that room where he takes out his legs and grips him by the chest and leaves him there. Yeah, and he's like, is what he does, which is what he does to Peter to make him drop in to go home. It was like uh, just so many callbacks that that pay off in this final fight that they're about to approach. But the rest of them get there first, right? And like you said, they take the bus, they get there, they're watching. And they're wondering how they're going to be able to sneak into this thing. They're all the waiters. Insensitivity, by the way, here. Dressed as Spider-Man for the Spider-Man morning thing. Okay. At so, Tower. I, I, I don't think it's that insensitive. Now, I, I will say, I admit, I believe Mr. Fisk, Kingpin here, is doing it just to be a dick. That's right? why. right? I, th- I think if it was anybody else, you'd maybe give him a little more leeway. But I think with... Okay, so Mary Jane is there. I think if yeah. if it was really that insensitive, if she had had an issue with it, she right. might have been able to put a stop to it. it I, I don't know much. Does everybody know that Fisk is Kingpin? In some universes, yes. I don't know if it's really clear in this movie. Because I, I don't know. Well, obviously, they don't know that he's the one who killed Spider-Man, right? Right. Um, in this universe. Otherwise, I otherwise like I don't think that benefit or whatever is happening. Right? <laughs> right. I don't think Mary Jane is showing up to the benefit, knowing that the dude who killed her husband is is the one putting it on. But like I said, I just don't know much about the character. So I wasn't sure if they knew like he is actually the kingpin running the crime scene in, in New York City or whatever. But yeah, where they're like, it can't be that easy. Yeah, it's it's that easy. I, like I said, I don't think it's that insensitive. I think, I think yeah, Kingpin's being a dick, but just from the front of like, hey, a way to honor Spider Man for whatever they're doing. Like, yeah, have the waiters wear the little Spider Man mask. I, I don't. I love how they say it's. There's no way it's going to be that easy, and then they walk in and they're like, it's that easy. But you also get the what when they call him uh, when they call Kingpin a pig, and then <laughs> Spider. Ham is like, I'm right, I'm right here. here. <laughs> Mulaney's delivery on that is is great. This is where we also get Peter B. Parker meeting up with Mary Jane yes. for the first time. Yes, and how he will definitely bring her the bread and that how she should have all the bread she ever wants and all this stuff. And there's a lot of good stuff in this conversation, actually, too, about how he mentions, like, I didn't think you wanted the bread, but now I guess... And it's all about kind of referencing the issue of his issue with Mary Jane yeah, with children. Yeah, exactly. And he getting to have this moment, I think helps us connect with him, but also it's going to help him put together stuff that he needs to put together when he goes back. Um, he, he's starting to realize maybe I do want kids. And he's going to actually say that when he's helping out miles in this fight, he's like, Holy crap, do I want kids? Like, um, because he mentions about like how proud he is of of Miles, and you know he's had this nice bond with a with a kid. I think he thought he wasn't going to be able to do that in his role of Spider Man, but now he can kind of see how he can do that and still shape um, somebody that way. So, uh, really great for this scene with the bread, um, which can be played off as a silly scene, but it really is great character work here. Um, yeah, so then they sneak in, they're gonna get their way to the, um, 
to the elevator where they're going to take out. Um, it, apparently it's all the way at the bottom floor, right? In the basement yeah. is where this uh, machine is built. And they go there and Peter's, I mean, uh, Peter's going to get ready to put the goober in when his spidey sense goes off. And this is where we get the return of Olivia Octavius. And that's where they realize it was just the setup. Like they were yes. waiting for him the entire time. And I love this reveal of Miles because it shows that he can control all this stuff now. You know, he's got the electric zap he can do. He's got the invisibility. But just when you see her own arm hit her in the face, at first you're kind of taken aback, I think. Of I, like, thought, I thought her arms were malfunctioning. I wasn't. Right. And then it keeps doing it, and then he just pops out of nowhere and does the punch like that. Like uh, The animation of that's really cool, too. It does that background change thing that they yeah. sometimes do which makes it look real comic book like. And then we get this great uh, battle between them. But uh, just a great reveal of having him pop in. Um, I don't think we have to go through much too much of the fight here, but we've talked about a little bit before here of Scorpion, um, you know, getting defeated by Spider-Ham. We get... Uh, uh, what, Olivia Octavius gets hit by the train or the bus or something. Um, and it pretty much is they start sending everybody back, but it's going to be uh, Keaton is going to approach. But he's going to only do that when it's just uh, Miles and um, Peter. Peter at that point. And then he tells Peter he's, he's got this. And he does the, the move I talked about to make sure to send him home. So I want to get great closure with all of these characters um, with like Gwen saying, okay, you can like my haircut and you know how she says, you know, I'm like 15 months older than you. Right. And all this great stuff. It did in, in any version of any universe or whatever, do like miles and Gwen get together. Cause I felt, I saw that there was some sort of connection there. And I don't know if that was meant to be on purpose or if that's, if that happens in any of the comics or I believe it's original to this. Gwen is usually a Peter love interest. So I believe that this is miles usually has his own love interest. Um, but if Peter has Mary Jane, then right. Well, usually Gwen is his love interest before Mary Jane. Usually Gwen dies actually just like in amazing Spider-Man Two, how she dies. Um, that's pretty accurate, but, um, yeah, so in this in this case, it's uh, it's pretty new, I would say. I think now there are people out there that ship this, and I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes a thing in the comics going forward, but I'm pretty sure this is original to this. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, they have great chemistry. Um, they really do. And uh, yeah, so then he's going to defeat Kingpin with the shoulder touch after he gets his butt beat and we get the call back again about how spider-man always gets up right which is something that spider-man the first one uh said before yeah. he died and, and he, uh, he couldn't do earlier in the and in, uh, in the basement yeah. he couldn't do it he couldn't get up in the basement after they just kept pounding on him right right and, and he, he that that's one of the reasons why they, they start talking about he's not ready he can't go on the mission yep yeah so then he actually gets up here he does the <laughs> And, and and the way he does this too, where he's like, I'll always have my family with me and then does the shoulder touch because it's something uncle Aaron taught him, you know? And then it's kind of like Kingpin's own 
henchman is kind of his, his downfall here uh, with the shoulder touch is going to get Kingpin. Um, all throughout this too, one thing that we didn't really get a chance to talk about is what happened to Kingpin's family, right? Uh, we see that he blames Spider-Man for their death because he was beating the crap out of Peter Parker and they walked in, the son and the, the wife walked in on him, beating the crap out of this guy, being like, what are you doing? And they got so frightened from this and needed to get away. They get in their car, speeding, go through a red light, I guess, and then yeah, get hit get by T-boned. T-boned. So two things. One, um, I, I, I could kind of equate this maybe to the Sopranos of like, you didn't know who your dad was. You didn't know who your husband was? Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. He could have hid that portion of his life as kingpin from his family. But, like, uh, I think they probably, maybe. Even even in The Sopranos, like, eventually they were able to be like, uh, you know, okay, whatever. Um, Two, is, is that also another thing that kind of happens in the comics? Or is that was that just um, for this movie? Vanessa is usually his person that is um, his wife that usually gives him some sort of ultimatums at times, right? Like uh, at one time after he had a near-death experience, Vanessa gives him an ultimatum saying he had 24 hours to get out of crime or she will leave him. Um, I there's been times where she has died, I believe, but I don't think, um, yeah, not like because she, of she died in the past. In. it's not usually due to, I think seeing like Spider-Man get beat, but, um, yeah, she does like, uh, look, uh, there are some dark things in here at one point. Um, I'm just looking through the Wikipedia here. Cause I can't, I don't know all of Vanessa's history here, but at one point it says she murdered her son. Uh, I, I don't know if okay. she was like being controlled or if something happened, but uh, she then lost the will to live, and then she died, uh, and then she's gotten reanimated before. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, going on. next question. <laughs> I know they're all connected, but is Kingpin more of a Spider-Man villain or like a villain? Because I remember him from Daredevil, mm-hmm. like the original Ben Affleck movie Daredevil, like. Yeah. And I know that was, I think that was either early in the first Spider-Man trilogy days or like before it. Because Michael Clark Duncan played uh, Kingpin. But is he more, has he always been, because I know um, it's all in New York and held like, but is he more of one? And that's what's funny too, is because he's, he's in Daredevil, the TV show, right? Yeah. And um, Vincent, as, as uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. And he's going to be in the new Daredevil show. And he's going to be an Echo that drops uh, this month on Disney+. Plus. So, he, like you said, it's pretty intertwined. Because... They're all in New York City. His, and they're his all... first appearance was 1967 in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 50. Oh, wow. He okay. definitely started as a Spider-Man villain. Um. In the 80s is kind of when he started becoming more of a like Daredevil nemesis uh, because they just kind of um, I think it was Frank Miller that um, kind of uh, 
brought him in as like, okay, I need a villain for Daredevil right now that would go up well against him. And it was like, oh, let's grab, you know, Kingpin. Um, and then that dynamic worked so well for them that he's kind of seen as just like both. And, you know, there's rumors out there. I don't know how true they are that like Spider-Man four, the, the next Tom Holland movie is going to focus on Kingpin and have Daredevil in it and all this kind of stuff. We don't know if that's true, but they are kind of really connected. There is a comic event called Devil's Reign that kind of focused on Fisk becoming mayor. And then, you know, like them having to take him down a bit. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. But I would say now I think he's almost seen as more of a Daredevil villain, but uh, definitely originally a Spider-Man villain and is shared pretty frequently between the two of them. Like I said, I, I know like all those, especially in New York City, all those Marvel comics are connected between Daredevil and Spider-Man and Luke Cage. I mean, and, almost all of those characters in Marvel are New York heroes. Yeah, so they're all pretty yeah. <laughs> intertwined. Yeah, but street level heroes like Daredevil and Spider-Man definitely share um, some of those same things. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so then he's going to deliver kingpin in webbing to his dad after he has his phone conversation he kind of cuts it off goes down hugs his dad puts on this like fake adult voice do do you think his dad knows no i don't think he does do you think he does i think he might have an idea but i i think it might be one of those between the hug and usually parents can sense their children Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think it's one of those things that he's like, this can't be miles. Right. Like, there's no way this is my, like it might, the idea might've went in his head, but he's like, no, dude, this can't be. Miles. And then I think when, if he, if he will find out, it will be one of those things that he looks back on and be like, the signs were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get the the nice ending scene of the, you know, like we said before, anybody can wear the mask. And then the a last little... two weeks I've been I've been spying. Yeah. Uh, and actually, that's the the clip I'm playing at the beginning of this episode. So if people would have already heard uh, some of that opening there. And uh, then we kind of get a little tease here as something happens above his bed and we hear Gwen. uh say like hey miles you know um yeah and then uh then the credits did you watch the end credit scene i i no because when i looked online it said there was no end credit scene really did it say that yeah let me see if i can find it on youtube real quick for me to to share it i i looked up online and it said there was no end credit scene i said i meant to tell you too i totally forgot to tell you It's short. It's not like uh, super long. Here it is. I okay. Yeah, I see. There's there's one. Yeah, uh, it's like a minute thirty seconds. I'm, I'm Do gonna you send it, or you got it. I'm I'm gonna watch this right now. The pointing scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to make sure I, I want to make sure I was watching something that was legit. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, I wish I would have watched it yesterday because, like I said, when I looked it up, something said there was no end credits, and so I was like, okay, cool. 
Yeah, yeah, man. I should. I, I was. I was going to text you, and then I totally forgot. Um, and then but, after that, I I turned off and watched the uh, the Peter Porker short. Oh yeah, <laughs> this was. Uh, uh, it may seem like it's a funny, nice little joke, but it's actually a setup for the sequel without really spoiling much. So, um, so here you go, and then that's uh, that's a wrap on. Into the Spider Verse. Um, I don't think we really have any memes from it. Too much here. Uh, nothing that really sticks out to me of something that people share a lot of like gifts or anything of. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and should we do rate the film first or the five dollar bin question first? Uh, okay. So. Um... Well, I, I've already purchased this. The, right, the but if price, you had, if but, you hadn't purchased it. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely, I would definitely buy this out of a bin. Not, not gonna. I would buy this out of a bin. Um, after having seen, it. yeah, if I saw this in a value bin, it's it's coming home. All right, so let me read these reviews here. Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-seven percent critic score, ninety-four percent audience verified score. Oh, this is before verification, but still 94%. Uh, Metacritic, uh, the meta score is 87 out of 100. It's pretty really? good. Yeah. Uh, IMDb is at 8.4, and the cinema score was an A. So I'll give my rating, mine, if people couldn't tell, is a 5 out of 5 stars. Um, and uh, last time I watched this was in June, preparing for the sequel. And uh, so I watched it again Friday night, uh, and it was a good time. And uh, now I really can't wait to revisit Across the Spider-Verse. But Casey, I ask you, what would you rate this out of five stars? Okay, so uh, as I said, I, I, the only the only interactions I've had with Spider-Man really were the... The, the the Sam Raimi trilogy, and then the Amazing Spider-Man, well, it was supposed to be a trilogy, but it only ended up in two parts. Right? Um, I knew of the character before, but as I've said many times, I never read comics, but I knew who Spider-Man was. Might have caught a quick glimpse of like the animated series back in the day, but just never got into it. Um, I sure watched this in the movie theater. Uh, I'm really disappointed that I did not. Um, because this was a five-star movie for me. Uh, as I said, the animation itself was amazing. Um, it, it may have been one of the best animated things I've ever seen. Um, now granted, I don't watch a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I can't act like I'm an expert in any way, shape, or form. But you've seen Hoodwinked, right? So that's a that's a good Hood, one. Hoodwinked is fantastic, man. Like, like I will not tolerate any bad mouthing of the Hoodwinked movie. Um, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to slander it. I like Hoodwinked a lot, actually. Hoodwinked, Hoodwinked was great. I, I wish you hadn't seen it so we could watch it again and discuss <laughs> it for this podcast. True, true. Um, but, uh... But no, like especially like like we said, with the different animation styles and the different things they did, and the way they incorporated comic panels and paneling and the different comic things into this movie, um, 
was something that that really was amazing. Um, visually, it looked amazing uh, HDR wise with you know on on a 4K TV and everything, and and on my Series X because that's what I use for my DVD player uh, for 4K Blu-rays and stuff. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't play there, then I have a couple discs that for whatever reason won't play on really? my Series X, so I have to use my PlayStation Five. Hmm. So when I did my Marvel-a-thon, my, my, the, the Infinity-thon mm-hmm. a couple years ago, there was like two or three in the middle that wouldn't watch, that I couldn't watch on there, that just wouldn't work. So I had to put in the, in the PS5, which wow. meant I had, to, I had to go buy the, the remote for the PS5. I just got trying, that for Christmas, the remote. Because uh, trying yeah. to use the controller is so awkward. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're like sitting on the couch and you're like, I just want to sit the remote next to me. You're like, I got to sit this bulky controller next to me. Yeah. yeah. And then you're trying to like, okay, I need to pause it or I need to fast forward it. Next thing you know, you're at the top menu again. You're like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I like, I had to, I had to like order it from like Best Buy or something and go, I, I took a break because it didn't work. It only worked in the PS5 and I'm like, I don't have the remote. So I had to go order it online from Best Buy. <laughs> to pick it up. Took like an hour and a half break so I could get the, the, what we call it in so I could go pick it up and come back in and watch, which was good because I needed a break anyway. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. So I, I watched it on those. It, it, it visually looks amazing. The story was great. Um, it, I think it's a great introduction to the character of Miles Morales and to these other characters, like I said, of Gwen Stacy. Like I, I thought I, um, I thought I remember. I thought the name sounded familiar of Gwen Stacy. Um. And yeah, she was in the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, what was it? Emma? Emma Stone. Emma and Stone's character. She was also in Spider-Man Three. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Played Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I distinctly remember of Emma Stone's character. Who, yeah. You know, uh, where they they had the callback in in the last Spider-Man of him saving. Yeah. Mary Jane, uh, the same way because he couldn't save you know uh, Gwen Stacy. So I thought it. I thought the name sounded familiar. Um, but I, I, like I said, I'd like to know more about some of these other characters if they would have done spinoff cartoons or movies of Spider Noir, you know, Gwen Stacy's character, Spider Ham, some of these other ones, um, you know, even Penny Parker or what other other ones, whatever one I just saw in that end credit scene, I think would be a great another yes. one to see. Um, so I would definitely at some point be getting. And watching uh, the sequel. All right. Yeah, we should and do will, it for this. We should do it for I this will, in the future. I will probably go see uh, the third one when it comes out, whenever that is. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be this year, but obviously, I, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, yes, this is one that you don't care if people are watching you because you're uh, an adult. And actually, um, when I went by the way, to see Across the Spider-Verse. Because this is what I want to talk about, too. There. There Probably more adults in there. There was a huge amount of adults. We took my grandparents to go see it. Like, we all went to see this movie. But, okay, so the first one had a budget of $90 million and made 384.3. A modest hit, because you're thinking, okay, if they you double the budget, usually, for the for the um, marketing, and you're looking at 180, it made yeah, 384. All right, it made a, it made some money. The second one had a budget of 100 to 150 million 
and made $690.5 million. So a bigger hit. It was number one in the box office. It was huge. Um, This third one is probably going to make a billion or close to it. It's going to be really close. 800. I would hope so. 800 to a billion dollars. So I like the first one the most. I know a lot of people around the time that the second one came out said that that was better. I think the animation might be actually be better if you could believe it or not in the second one, but the, um, it does uh, not no spoiler. It does end on a pretty big cliffhanger. And that, and that for me is like, this one feels like when, when we're talking about the callbacks that just happen in this one. So well, it pays off this stuff so well in this story that like um, across the spider verse, I have is a 4.5. This one is a five out of five. So it's still very good. I don't want people to think I was hating on it. I had to make sure I stressed that on my review that I did too, but it was like, I, I felt like I need to see that third one to like really get what some of those, you know, some of those story callbacks that are going to make this thing full circle. Um, but man, the animation and stuff is really great in the second one. So um, really excited for you to watch that whenever you get around to it. And um, yeah, I'm hoping we don't have a huge wait for the third one, uh, <laughs> but we'll see, I guess. Maybe next year. Maybe 2026? Yeah, probably 2025 or early 2026. I'd say maybe holiday 2025, if not. Yeah, I think originally it was supposed to be March of this year, May of this year, something like that, but it's not happening. It is not happening. I think they took it off the schedule already. They said that they weren't even, like, done the voice acting of it yet. There's no way it's ready at all. Uh, That's why I'm like, it's going to be late 2025, early 2026 till we see that it might be a good holiday movie yeah i mean that's what this one was december so uh put it there uh december movies make tons of money because if you put it around christmas people go go see tons of people yeah Yeah. um so that wraps up this one all right casey i'm gonna ask you now what are we watching next week i actually don't know this is one of the first times in a while i do not know all right, so uh, I went through our list, right? And mm-hmm. I had a movie that I thought you hadn't seen, and I had to double check. And that was going to be Glory. Um, okay. But I saw that you said that you did see it. And it was mainly because we had just Watching lost... class. We had just... I watched it in my social studies class in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. And it was mainly because I just saw that it was Andre Brower's first movie role. Yes, because we just lost. He was uh, the director was on Twitter a while back, and he talked about uh, some stuff from the movie. He was they said he was like three weeks out of Juilliard. Wow! When he did this, he was so new that the first couple of days the crew kept telling him, "You need to hit your mark," <laughs> and he didn't know what his mark. He didn't know what that meant. Right. Um, and that was. That was because uh, I guess it's different between he'd done a lot more stage stuff at Juilliard as compared to film. Um, and the director said within he, he, his first couple of days were rough, but after about the third day, he was hanging. He was he was handling his own with Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington. And it's been said that they. He, he made a great career going into television, 
but a lot of people would love to have seen what he could have done with some other movies. And I know he's right. done some other movies, but nothing, nothing's good. Right. And then I saw you and saw that, and I was like, man. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, I'm going to end up crying at that movie. I really don't want to cry. <laughs> um, but, so instead, I scroll through. We're going to go to the year 2000. We're going to catch up with Ridley Scott and watch Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Oh, okay. Now, I will just preface, I've seen bits of it. Um, my friend brought it over when I was in, like, I don't know, seventh or eighth grade. Uh, it did not catch me back then. Um, and I am a, like a, I am a history major. I will say, so I'm a history major. I love so, ancient Rome, ancient Greece, all that I kind was, of stuff. I so, was going to say, this was yeah. a fantastic movie, but some people had issues with historical inaccuracies um of it which two things which i I get i do that with some movies and stuff sometimes myself one it's a movie let's just calm down take a step back two how do we know what didn't didn't happen this was ancient rome i know a lot of stuff was cataloged and and told but yeah just go with it um stars russell crowe connie nielsen uh yaquin phoenix um tells the story of a once general who was forced to become a gladiator and uh goes from there entertains it's on the paramount masses. plus i think it might be on max too yeah but i don't yeah, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing paramount plus amc plus bbc america um so i'll probably be watching it on paramount plus it's also on sale on amazon for like 1209 Instead of I own like three, I own like three versions of the movie. So, oh, you own three versions? She said. Yeah, I think I own the disc. I own the DVD, the Blu-ray, and then do you have the VHS? The, the H, the HD oh. Blu-ray. And I could have, I should have traded in the Blu-ray a while back because for a while there was some issues. I think with the transfer, because oh. I was there was at the time where there was HD DVD and then Blu-ray and then Blu-ray went out. But there was some issues with the transfer where it wasn't transferred properly. So they had an issue. They had a thing a while back where you could have sent it in and they would have sent you an updated copy. And I just never got around to it. But I think I have the the, the HD Blu-ray now. So, mm. Well, I feel like this was a win this week. Uh, th- we've had a few weeks where we were kind of um, <laughs> each other not really digging the, the, the thing. So uh, good win here. Next week we'll talk Gladiator Paramount Plus. And yeah, I mean I've uh, always heard good things about it, so we'll dive into that, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. <laughs>